Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Finger Guns podcast, where we talk all about our favorite retro games and consoles. I'm your host, Roscoe Kennison, and joining me is Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. I just had some spicy chicken nuggets from McDonald's, so I am well set. How are the spicy chicken nuggets from McDonald's? They are great. They come with. They also come with like this spicy dipping sauce, which is nuclear. But yeah, the, the chicken nuggets themselves are very nice. The wife oh, had a double double quarter pounder with cheese, and that I didn't know that you could get, and it was insanely jealous. But oh yeah, yeah. they're a new thing, aren't they? They are a new thing. Yeah. I thought they were only in America, but here we are, double quarter pounders. <laughs> I can't have one. <laughs> That's so sad. I'm gonna have to go. Think and guns, get a... guns is not sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but if he was, he'd be the best oh, ship ever. God, I wish we were. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have to go in and get a double quarter pounder. Oh. That'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be great. Thanks, guys. Without the cheese, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Greg Hicks. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Contrary to last week, I am neither drunk nor hungover. I've Goodness. actually I've actually been defying gamer tradition, and I've actually, or gamer stereotypes, and I've actually been exercising. My God. I know. So, 10% of the Finger Guns team, they do exercise and take care of themselves. <laughs> yeah, but we, we the, the, the ones that don't, as in probably me and you, I yeah. guess you're, you're, we really make up for their exercise. <laughs> you know, you make up for the uh, you make up for the exercise deficit. Yeah, every <laughs> calorie that they burn off, we eat too. So yeah. you know, it's fine. But to be out. fair, you two are probably the happiest. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm covered in bruises, like knackered finger joints. My knees don't work very well. My back hurts, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> as long as you're happy. Yeah, Sean's, Sean's a like promotional for McDonald's, and I'm like, yeah, do martial arts is great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. Otherwise, I am well. Lovely, and we'll round off with Mister Paul Collett. Bonjour. How are you, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm also in a lot of pain, like Greg. Exercise is meant to be good for you, but I don't think it actually is. We were sold a lie. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it here first. We are breaking stereotypes left, right, and centre tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, we would be doing a what we've been playing, of course, but you know, we, this is the retro special, so we can't really talk about games that we were playing way back when. We'll be doing that gradually over the course of this particular episode, where we go one by one through the generations, talk about our favourite games and consoles in those times. But first, we're going to kick off with... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Why, well, thank you very much for that intro. Um, welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week, it is all about retro games, as you might expect. No. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. I know, I know. But, small difference. So, the first ten questions of this quiz will be multiple choice. And then we go into round two. The last five are not multiple choice. I'm hoping those questions will separate the men from the boys, the Alex the, the kids man. from nice. Duke Nukem's, you know. <laughs> so... Yes, that is the way it's going to go down this week. And have you all got a pen and paper? Yes. Indeed. Uh, yes, it's I have funny opened that... a Google Doc. That's it's funny I've that three, three quarters of us are actually the same age, though. Wow, that's true. And one yeah. of them is about three quarters of a century old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, man. Uh, okay, if, if you've never played this quiz before, uh, we'll read out the questions now. If you write down your answers, and then we give out the answers to the questions towards the end of the podcast. And please do let us know how you get on. Given it because it's a retro special, I just I downloaded a few little sound bites, you know, as I do. So get ready. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So, question one (laughs) Shadow of the Beast, G Police, and Destruction Derby were all published by which famous but now defunct company? Was it A. Denton Designs, B. Psychosis, or C. Ultimate? Nailed it. So, so question one. Sorry. Question one, Shadow of the Beast, G-Police, and Destruction Derby were all published by which famous but now defunct company? Was it A, Denton Designs, B, Psychosis, or C, Ultimate? Nice, easy one to get you in there. I love the word defunct. It's always such a cool word, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I mean, you, like... can, you can probably cut that out. Sorry. It was just, it just my mind wandered then. It's just defunct. There's no possible way we can cut that out. It's just defunct. <laughs> the, mu- the musings okay. of the... Uh... Exercise mind. <laughs> okay. I've probably got, co- probably got concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure I put defunct in every one of these questions from now on, okay? <laughs> the infamous vaporware Bandersnatch was originally in development at which British now defunct game studio? <laughs> that, that wasn't even in the, the question. Um, was it A, Imagine Software, B, Sunsoft, or C, Ocean? So question two. The infamous vaporware Bandersnatch was originally in development at which British game studio? Was that A. Imagine Software, B. Sunsoft, or C. Ocean Software? If you'd read a very good article by Mr. Chris Scullion, you'd know this. Tiredoldhack.com. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Question three. Which classic NES game was only released with a was originally released with a gold color cartridge? Was it A. Cowboy Kid, B. Back to the Future, or C. The Legend of Zelda? So, question three: Which classic NES game was originally released with a gold colored cartridge? Was it Cowboy Kid, Back to the Future, or The Legend of Zelda? I mean. If anyone puts Cowboy Kid, they need to take a long, hard look at themselves. Was it actually a Back to the Future game? There was two. Well, now there's a second one. I didn't have a first one. No. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, question... You knew there was a second one, but you didn't know there was a first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. So it's a thing. It could happen. All right. Okay. Okay. Like right. Ten, you know. <laughs> okay. I mean, there was, there, was, there was 13 before there was 1 to 12, so... Oh. <laughs> I should get that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Question four. Which game company produced the Game & Watch portable gaming systems that sold 44 million units in the 1980s? Was it A, Nintendo, B, Sega, or C, Coleco? Question four. Which company produced the Game & Watch portable gaming systems that sold 44 million units in the 1980s? Was it Nintendo, was it Sega, or was it Coleco? Is this the Game & Watch 2? Because I can't remember the Game & Watch 1. 
Uh, right, Roscoe, what were you saying? Is that the Game & Watch 2? Because I didn't know there was a 1. Um, there was a lot of different... It's all right. it, was just, it was just a reference to Paul's thing earlier. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh. A reference yeah. to Paul's thing. About <laughs> uh, <that> sequels. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> to be fair, I suppose if you've, if you've got an original Game & Watch, you probably would get $44 million for it. Well, I actually have. I've got uh, Donkey Kong 2. Oh, you've just fucking given it away! <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> oh, that's not the answer to the question, though, is it? Might as well be. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay, um, that's just Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. I mean, I, sorry, I was like, as a tangent, wasn't it? I thought it was a big character. Okay, question five. Which classic Atari game did both Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak have a hand in creating? Was it A, Breakout, B, Pac-Man, or C, Pitfall? Oh. So, question five. Which classic Atari game did both Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak have a hand in creating? Was it Breakout, Pac-Man, or Pitfall? Good question. That is a good question. That Thanks, is guys. a good question. Do you know what that is, Sean? That's a good question. <laughs> I think that was a good question, guys. Good question yeah. too, or <laughs> the questioning. <laughs> okay. Uh, question six. On which platform did the highly divisive Disney's Aladdin sell the most copies? Oh. Was it A the SNES? Or B, the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis, depending on what part of the world you come from. Hmm. So question hmm. six. Interesting. On hmm. which platform did the highly divisive Disney's Aladdin game sell the most copies? Was it A, the SNES, or B, the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis? I know there's a what? lot of um, argument regarding which one is better. I was yeah. just about to say, why is it highly divisive? And that's just answered that. Yeah, so the the versions have very um, pretty prominent differences, to be honest. Mm. Um, and a lot of the internet claim that one version is better, but one version sold more than the other by quite a margin. Which one? So <laughs> <laughs> Every week. <laughs> one of these weeks I'm going to fall for it. Okay, question Well, we thought you out last week, so... Yeah, you did. Okay, question seven. Yeah. Which game was the first to allow the use of the of the Konami code? Was oh, it A, wow. Contra, B, Castlevania, or C, Gradius? So, question seven. Which game was the first to allow the use of the Konami code? Was it A, Contra, B, Castlevania, or C, Gradius? Furious Googling going on. <laughs> not if you already know it like me actually no oh. I better not say that because I'm probably going to get it wrong now <laughs> I know what happens in a game if you put it in and something happens to something to detrimental effect mm. which is funny that, con that Konami code got me out of a lot of sticky situations in what game? <laughs> all of them <laughs> okay. all of them at once <laughs> question 8 during early development and before Sonic the Hedgehog was redesigned as Mr. Needlemouse, what species of animal was the iconic character going to be? 
God. Well, I was should it, know this. <laughs> you should know this. Was it A, a rabbit, B, a fox, or C, a turtle? The question eight, during early development and before Sonic the Hedgehog was redesigned as Mr. Needlemouse, what species of animal was the iconic character going to be? Was it A, a rabbit, B, a fox, or C, a turtle? I don't know enough about Sonic to care. Um... Yeah, did I? Well, you've got a one in three chance of getting it right. True. Hmm. I'm going to take a punt. You sounded like a right old quiz master who's fed up with our shit then. <laughs> you got one in three chance of getting it right, haven't you? <laughs> I just like, I ask you a question, you're like, couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> it's just well, like, I, was, I, okay. wasn't, I wasn't being that dismissive. I was just okay. being mildly dismissive. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, question nine. Populous, Dungeon Keeper, and Theme Hospital were all games developed by what now defunct video game studio? <laughs> <laughs> that isn't even the question either. Um, was it A, Maxis? Was it B, Westwood Studios? Or was it C, Bullfrog Productions? Ooh. Another good question. It was a good question. A question nine. It could so um, easily be two of them. Question nine. Uh, Populous, Dungeon Keeper, and Theme Hospital were all games developed by what video game studio? Was it A, Maxis, B, Westwood Studios, or C, Bullfrog Productions? I usually get Dungeon Keeper and Nightmare Creatures mixed up. Dungeon Keeper was the good one. It was the top-down one, wasn't it? Yeah. Nightmare Creatures is the third person where you take on Alistair Crowley? I can't remember. I remember it being like a Blood Rain-style game in 3D. Okay, uh, question 10 and the last of the multiple-choice game the questions. Um, the original Donkey Kong game was made because Nintendo were unable to secure the rights to which TV show? Was it A, Tarzan, B, Popeye, or C, Hong Kong Fooey? And yes, Ralph is still very horny, so that if you hear that banging, that's him trying to get at the ladies in the cage next door. Uh, <laughs> Sean's housemate, by the way. Should stress that uh, Sean's talking about a hamster. Was it? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, that sounded incredibly dark. Yeah, that is a callback to like <laughs> last week's podcast. I apologize if I've just scared anyone off. Okay, um, question 10. The original Donkey Kong game was made because Nintendo were unable to secure the rights to which TV show? Was it A, Tarzan, B, Popeye, or C, Hong Kong, Fooey? Okay. Ready? Yeah, boy! <laughs> okay. Question 11. Which classic Atari game shares a name with a play by William Shakespeare? I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, of ofs. Oh, ofs. yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> The Question penny 11. hath dropped. <laughs> Which classic Atari game shares a name with a play by William Shakespeare? Okay. Question 12. 
please name two of the fighters in the original Street Fighter game. Not Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 1. Ooh. Did anyone play that? Yeah. Not very good. I don't yeah, remember it was playing it, ever. The only good thing about Street Fighter 1 is the original arcade machine, it had those pressure pads, didn't it? You could hit them. The harder you hit them, the harder the punch was on you. <laughs> yeah, that was true, yeah. That was fun. Um, there are 11 fighters, so you've got a reasonably good chance. Yeah, but... Okay, I don't know. I'm just going to go for it. Okay. So question 12, please name two of the fighters in the original Street Fighter game. Okay, question 13. In Metal Gear Solid, what was the key to defeating Psycho Mantis? Oh, yes. So question 13, in Metal Gear Solid, what was the key to defeating Psycho Mantis? Oh, yeah. Side note, that absolutely blew my mind when he read my memory card. Because I had a save file of um, Suicoden, the RPG. And then, yeah, he said, put your pad down, it rumbled, and he went, oh, i got to read your mind. Yeah, all right. And he went, nah, 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 nah. so you like Konami games? Yeah. Ah, so you like Suicoden? I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. That was very clever, wasn't it? Was yeah, it, was, it scared the shit. I mean, kudos, but it scared the shit out of me. Okay, uh, question 14. What was the best-selling game on the Nintendo 64. Um, oh, we always argue about best-selling games, don't we? Including pack-ins. <laughs> I don't think there were that many pack-ins for the N64. No, there were more uh, bundles, weren't there? It's going to be like yeah. fucking Pilot Wings or something. That was a great really? game. Don't you dare say fucking Pilot Wings. You say <laughs> Pilot Wings. No, just, just, just on, on obscurity's <laughs> sake. Just because... Yeah. Okay, Simple. question 14. What was the best-selling game on the Nintendo 64? I imagine Pilot Wings is up there because it was part of the launch lineup. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, yeah. Hmm. Okay, question 15. What is the longest-running game franchise of all time, lasting 46 years and two months, and is still an active IP today? I mean, it's got to be. I can't think of anything else it would be. Question 15. What is the longest running game franchise of all time, lasting 46 years and two months, and is still an active IP? Defunct. That's a weird word, isn't it? <laughs> this is like, we should just call this podcast Defunct. Like, <laughs> retro and defunct. It's not that's a, just, uh, not, that's, not that's a great name. <laughs> No, that's that's how we sum up us. <laughs> At least one of us. <laughs> or sum up me, let's be honest. Oh, oh that's true. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that was all 15 questions for the quiz. I hope yeah. you enjoyed that. Ah. Amazing. Very good. A lot of very good questions. Do let us know how you got on in uh, the quiz. We will have the answers at the very end of this podcast. How's the uh, how's the leaderboard looking, Sean? Just you know get exactly. You know exactly how it's doing, Roscoe. Yeah, I just want to tell the people, you know. <laughs> okay, well, you have ten wins. Paul and Greg both have three wins. 
you you have you have you know got more than both Greg and Paul put together. Okay, fine. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Do you want to just say that again? Yeah, but I still I still smashed that video game quiz though. Video game movie quiz. <clears throat> That's very true. Uh, I just I just want to um, put this out there that um, I might start giving like bonus wins in the second half of this season of you know like if we say to like I'm going to take it to forty. So on the fortieth podcast, yeah. When I'm 20, whoever wins, you know, will get a trophy. But if, if things start to, I mean, if Roscoe runs away with this, I'm going to have to start mixing it up. I'm going to have to start giving double points to winners and stuff. Hey, man, those were not the rules that were set last week with this new Look. trophy that was being included. You can't just be adding <laughs> rules. What I'm saying is, you know, like in Family Fortunes, how like you can start off and get all the questions right and you end up with 100 quid. And then the next person gets one question right, the entire thing, and gets 1,500 quid. This mm. is the way it's going to go. I am going to make the rules up as I will let you know in advance. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers, man. Uh, right then, let's move on to our first topic of conversation uh, tonight in this particularly very special episode. We're going to go one by one through the generations. We may skip the odd thing here and there, but I wanted to go all the way back at the very beginning. Uh, back when uh, Paul was just 20 or 30 years old to the Atari ST Commodore 64 um, era way back when. I personally remember having neither of these machines, but I do remember having an Amiga. And that thing kept me going for a long, long time. I was wondering if any of you guys were part of this era and had anything, any lasting memories from from that time. Uh, I'll start with Paul. Wow, okay, so if you're going back to that generation, then obviously it has to include the Spectrum, right? Yeah, for sure. Because, um, I mean, I think, I think the Spectrum was the basis of, of how I got into games full stop, really. It was, um, it was, it was our probably first uh, computer we got. We had the Binatone before that, which was like a really cheap knockoff of an Atari. It was called the Binatone, so it's basically Pong. We had that. Um, and the Spectrum came along, and it just changed everything. And... Um, I just remember, like, it, it holds such a dear sort of memory memories for me because uh, I grew up with three guys, uh, not together, obviously, uh, in the same street. We played that together, things like that. Um, and we all had Spectrums, and every night was, like, Spectrum night. Go around the house, you play some games, you had some classics. You had, like, Manic Miner, Jet Set Willy. You had uh, a game called Who Done It, which we all kind of got involved with. And the two favourite games were School Days and Back to School, which... Uh, I think you guys probably must have heard of, um, and I think that, and I think in a way, it kind of bonded our friendship. You know, we had such a common, really enjoyed the spectrum, um, and you know, you could program your own games. I remember sitting around, my dad programmed on the spectrum, and I was sitting there just looking at what he was doing. It was uh, it was quite a magical time, you know. In the eighty two, it came out, I think. So yeah, I was about five or six. So um, it was just. Uh, if, for me, I don't think you could ever like beat the spectrum in terms of what it represents uh, to a sort of milestone in in my life. Um, you know, there's other computers that are obviously better and stuff, but in terms of like memories and and what ha- was happening in my life at that moment, the spectrum was just uh, it just oh, it just blew my mind. And uh, those three colours that it could display on screen would just meant the world to me. Hmm, that's yeah. awesome. Do you remember any um, any particular games as your favourite ones? 
Well, yeah, yeah. Back to school. School days were my favourite. I mean, yeah. um, playing R type on the Spectrum was great because we used to play that in the arcade. So having that at home, I suppose that was the first experience of having the home, you know, the, the arcade in your home. Because you used to go swimming with my buddy, and we played R type afterwards. And then you can come home and then just load up um, R type. There's so many good games. There's Rambo, there's Commando. They're all good. Um, a, a game called Cockatoni Wolf, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Which was a, a, a weird dinosaur uh, game. I can't remember much about it. Um, and of course, you had the Dizzy games, which yes. uh, I, I guess essentially were like very early Zelda esque type puzzle games um, where you had to buy things or get things to progress. It was like maybe a little bit more Castlevania ish. I don't know, but they were, they were great games. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many games to list out. And the good thing about Spectrum was you could go down your local toy shop and for $2.99, Pick up any old any old game. It could be a pile of crap, it could be a gem, but you never know what you got, and that was quite a part of the charm, really. Um, and obviously, there's Ocean Software, were very famous. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, Target Renegade. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but that was the first scrolling beat 'em up uh, that I remember, um, and that paved the way for Streets of Rage and Final Fight and things like that. So it is the godfather of gaming, I like to think. And uh, if I could have one now, I would probably buy it. Oh, I reckon we could get you one. Thanks, man. How hard can it be? Very um, hard. <laughs> Sean, I know you, know you and I and Greg, I suppose, are of the same age. Uh, so I don't know if this may be a little bit before it, uh, maybe before our time or not, but do you have any memories of that, the very old school era? I do. I, I had a, a Commodore 64 and I had a Commodore Amiga. Um, I, do you know how... When, when we said we were going to do this this podcast, I started to think back to my childhood, and I like I have something wrong with my brain anyway, so I can't really remember things as clearly as I probably should be able to. But the only thing that I can remember from this entire period is having everything pirated. Like there yes. wasn't a single thing that wasn't like Commodore Amiga would be like discs with the like copied discs with the name written on it. I used to, there was my mum and dad bought this like this copy thing that would like copy tapes for the Commodore 64 but it was like I was I'm sitting there thinking hmm I used to play like I used to digest games as a kid at this age and I was like what uh, like six or seven I had the Commodore 64 I used to digest games like rapidly and it was just like you know Desert Strike and like uh, Fire and Ice and I used to just like churn them like just one after another after another and I was like thinking back to it I was like well, my mum and dad were like really rich and they were able to afford all these games. And then I realized actually they were all just gaining from like Pirate Pete down the pub. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was all a knockoff. There was, there was none of it was genuine. Um, I never, was, uh, um, sorry, I never, I never had a uh, Commodore 64, but I'm guessing it was the same thing as a Spectrum. Like your dad comes home from work and there's a, there's a cassette plate with about 10 games on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Was that the same again, uh, Commodore 64? If I believe, I think, I think. There was like you had to switch, so there was like a couple on each side. Um, but yeah, it was back in the day. They, you know, you'd, you'd put it in, you'd select your game, and away you go. But there was, it was there was so many good games from back then. Like um, I don't know if you guys ever played the Adams Family game. I don't know if that was out on the Spectrum, um, but that was one of one of those games that I like. I was big into Adams Family back then, and it was kind of a really great platforming game to attach myself to. Um, and you were like, you had to go and like find all of the Adams family members that were hiding out in like various gothic places. It was so great. Um, like, 
Desert Strike and Jungle Strike, you know, taking off. And I, thought, I think that was on the Amiga. But James Pond, man. James Pond. I spent so many freaking <laughs> nights playing James Good Pond. James Pond. Yeah. Like that, that game. Zool was... as well. Yeah, Zool, man. Zool, yeah. Like, I could oh, still God. hear the smashed glass, you know, the whole, like, going through things. Like, mm. when you go through fast through the, like, environment and it would smash and you'd like, psh, 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 psh. God, that, that game is good. But yeah, I mean, Commodore 64, like I say, it, it's it's really difficult for me to put like my finger on like a lot of these games. Like I've I've sat up this past week trying to Google like there was a game where you dropped into a, the top of this like corporate building um, and you walked in and there was like these red bouncy ball enemies that would like wrap you up in a sack if they got hold of you. And there was like four towers that would light up and lasers that would cut you in half and stuff. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of this game. And cannot find it on Google. But I used to freaking rinse this game. And the only reason I don't know the name is, is because it was never on the like the game. And it was like a copied disc that didn't have a name on it. So like <laughs> my entire my entire childhood was just like pirated games. Those those, you know, probably not the days for developers, but yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Awesome period. What a lovely time for, for gaming that was. I still remember, because um, the same sort of thing happened on the uh, Amiga ST. Like you say, you get discs, don't you? A bunch of games on it. But the, the company that was very famous for it, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, was like the Pompeii Pirates. I think they were called <laughs> yeah. that. Remember then? It was like all yeah. kind of, kind of hacked software, all the games and stuff like that. Brilliant. Yeah, it was, they, they started like a video, didn't they? Like, was it um, the, the video that would come up before and after? Was, oh, that was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you say Zool and stuff like that, I mean I remember like Cool Spot. Remember Cool Spot? Yeah. I mean, I played... yeah, I had that on the snares. Yeah, the kind of the, yeah. The I never realized that was a... that was just. You know... I never realized that was a giant um sponsor. I didn't really know what it was at that age. I just thought it was a uh, you know oh, yeah, cool same. game with the Seven Up in it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't realize it was just disgusting product placement all the way through. Oh yes. Yeah. The biggest game I remember from that era was uh, Bullfrog's uh, Syndicate. Uh, that was yeah. a, um, a kind of like tactical strategy game, which is quite weird now that I don't really play them anymore. But I remember playing that an awful lot, and it, it kind of taught me about game mechanics. And I was never really any good at it, but I remember playing it an awful lot and really, really enjoying it. Kind of Bullfrog, I, I think I kept them in business <laughs> in my childhood because I remember playing a lot of their games. Uh, the Greg, have you got that? any... Um, uh, it was on the uh, originally. It was on the Amiga Five Hundred. Oh right, okay. Um, it was a it was an EA publish, which shows how bloody long they've been going. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, Greg, have you got any memories of that era? Yeah, I think um, we inherited could be an Amiga from my uncle and quite a few games, and they're all they're all like legit versions. They were the big, massive boxes, but like several floppy disks. Um, I remember playing a few of them. I remember playing a series called Eye of the Beholder. It was like a first-person, yeah. It was a, it was a first-person sort of, um, well, precursor to Skyrim and Morrowind and all that. You and I mean, Space Hulk as well. So I played the same kind of way. You have first-person, and you can move in, you know, forward, back, turn ninety degrees, uh, take actions, stuff like that. And we had Sheep. Sheep was one of the best games I've ever played. You ever played Rock and Roll Racing on the SNES or similar? Yes. Yep. It was exactly like that. It was an isometric, well, semi-isometric, top-down game where you play sheep with wheels. And it was just incredible. It was just a very simple racing game that I absolutely loved. 
Um, I can't remember what we happened to it. We we said we had it, and then we didn't. It's probably in the attic somewhere, but... Yeah, I think it was the Amiga 500. It was one of the more, like, kid-friendly consoles, you know, mm. before the spe- after the Spectrums and the Commodores and all the programming and stuff like that. I think it was one of the first sort of real home entertainment ones where you could just put floppy disk in and play and not have to worry about faffing around too much. That wasn't my first console, but we did inherit that, which is quite cool. Nice. I just, I just want to say about Syndicate. I used to play the shit out of Syndicate, and I think this was the first time. Like, do you know how that feeling, we, we've talked about this in the past, about how, like, you play XCOM and you get, like, attached to characters um, because they are, like, leveling up and getting better and stuff. I used to soft reset that game every time somebody died. <laughs> I would never get past a level because if a patient, if a person died, like if the character died, then I just couldn't like my OCD would not have it because I got like so attached to these just four little guys and one of them was like a mini gunner and one, you know, that that game was like the first game I can remember where I actually felt like attached to, you know, probably nameless characters to be honest, but yeah, that game. But you named them though, didn't you? Do you know what? I, I don't know if I did. I just like I was like just attached to the guns. So like one was definitely the mini gunner, and one was like the pistol grenade guy. And I, I can't remember remember naming them. Um, uh, if I did, it was probably very nerdy and probably about wrestling. It was like Hulk Hogan or like Razor Ramon or some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, they, that that game was such a good way of being able to do that. That like carry through now. It still exists. That exact same mechanic still exists. What a great idea. That came out on the uh, Super Nintendo as well, didn't it? I think that was Syndicate Wars. Oh, that's right, it was, yes. I remember my, my uh, mate got it for Christmas one day, and he just loved it. And it's strange, because it is, like you say, it's one of those kind of real-time sort of strategy things which you don't really kind of get into, but that something about Syndicate was just, was just awesome. Mm, yeah, it was a great game. Do you remember Global Superstars? I do not. It was a kind of a McDonald's tie-in, similar to the yeah, way that... Yeah, Mick and Mac, wasn't it? Yeah, the same way that uh, Cool Spot was a very much a 7-up tie-in. Um, it was like this 2D shooter where you could play as like two different characters, but you had to collect golden M's around each level. Oh, oh wow. A... Standard. <laughs> uh, I mean, it hit like the Mega Drive and the SNES, I think, as well, but it was it was a game I remember playing either on a PC or on, a, on the uh, Amiga. I remember it from the Mega Drive. Right, yeah. And it was just, it was. they had a great theme song as well. All I remember from it is the very beginning. It went, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Dum, 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 dum. And that was my favorite part of the entire game. I think I just played it over and over. <laughs> just to start, just to hear the theme music. It was, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, all right, of, um, sorry, sorry go, I'm going to go on and on. Yeah. Sorry, but, go, uh, speaking go, of theme go, music, go. Um, I had the Taurus T. Um, Fine enough, the same guys I had Spectrum with, we had we all had Taurus T's as well. It's a kind of weird thing. We always seem to have the same things at the same time. And uh, some of the themes, some of the greatest theme tracks ever was on the Taurus T, things like Gods, uh, Magic Pockets, uh, um, Chaos Engine, uh, Turrican. I mean, if you, if you Google the soundtrack of Gods, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. It might be so good now, but back then... Uh, I remember we used to make mixtapes of all the intros, these great Atari games. It was fantastic. So, uh, the Atari ST was awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, Chaos Engine. Yes. Yeah. That's just the, 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 the Bitman Brothers. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a game that was. Just, yeah. just before we move on, can we talk about how weird this generation was for product placement? So, we talked about a 7-Up game. We talked about a McDonald's game. 
there was pushover that had um, was it quavers quavers crisps and we there was like obviously James Pond two was was all about saving was it like McVitie's biscuits or something. <laughs> You know well, what was going on with this generation? It was... You're missing one very important one, though, Sean. You're missing—I uh, can't remember really the name of it—but it was, it was a massive product placement for Skips the crisps. And is that remember back in the day at that Skips had that kind of advertising campaign that motorcycle dude? Yeah, uh, there's a oh, game. Oh yeah, spe- I got him in. Yeah, there's yeah, a game is... spectrum based on it. I can't remember the name. Rick the Skip or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that at all but there was definitely a skips game based on this dude on a motorbike so that's a massive bit of product placement there this, this, this whole generation feels like it was filled with like pop and drinks and, and just food <laughs> it was it like... maybe it's their version of loot boxes do you know what I mean I could, do you reckon I could sue like the gaming industry for making me fat because yes. I used to... <laughs> 100% do that <laughs> all I was doing was playing McDonald's games and crisp games and pop games <laughs> Anyway, yeah, just thought. Anyway, yeah, moving on. (laughs) No, yeah, that's that is a fair observation, and it's and it's weird because it's the one, it's the games that we can remember as well. Yeah, like like Seven Up and uh, and McDonald's. Maybe that's why they stand out to you. Ah, cool spot. Ah, Zool. I remember those Zool, those uh, those sweet uh, levels and. Oh yeah, was they were they chopper chops with. Yeah, they were. Yeah, oh they fuck! Were. My God, <laughs> what is up with us? Right. Like everything that everything we liked from when we were a kid is related to some kind of product placement. <laughs> if you played oh, them that? backwards, were they like just advertisements? <laughs> you oh. want to buy this, don't you? Yeah, there's there's loads of backmasking in the soundtrack saying "Buy Chopper Chops, Buy Chopper Chops." <laughs> Can we also oh. um? Uh, have a special mention of in this kind of era to the, uh, the, the the gaming TV shows were around at the time. So you also had Games Master, which was just, uh, you know, that's the first time I saw Mario 64. Amazing. And you'll see there's... Oh, that Dominic Iman. Yeah, and a bad attitude. Who remembers that one on ITV? With uh, Andy Crane and uh, Violet Berlin. Violet Berlin. Yeah. Classic game. We don't get it nowadays, do we? I, miss I, don't, remember, I don't remember that show. You don't remember that one? Oh, man, it's yeah. brilliant. So 90s, it's unbelievable. No, I didn't see it. I remember Games Master, obviously. obviously. Patrick Moore, bless him. Yes. Yeah. All right, then, let's move on to the the under the uh, TV consoles, or at least the first ones that I remember. The Master System era hey. and the NES. Now, I was very much a Sega kid growing up, and so I never had a NES, never had a SNES. But I did have a Master System, and I played that thing to death. And I could talk about it for hours, but I'm going to let someone else go first. So, uh, who should we get for? Um, Sean, in this era, which uh, which did you have? Or did you have both? So, I didn't have either. So, my, my mom oh, and dad boy. can... I know, like, they skipped this generation for me for some reason. I think I think we used to hire a NES for the weekend. Um, but we kind of... At this, my, my dad and both my granddad had, like, a... They all went for PCs, so like they started to get into like MS DOS stuff. Um, so I was playing on there mostly. So I was playing like Battle Chess and uh, like Monkey Island and stuff like that, which you know probably you know console wise doesn't really help. So I kind of I, I apart from the occasional NES game when I was playing you know Super Mario, um, I didn't I didn't really play on these these consoles at all. Oh, it was okay. I, I was all about. I used to be big into battle chess, 
Um, but that's that's pretty much it for this generation. It's kind of a weird gap. <laughs> yeah. I was still playing the Commodore 64 as well, so we still had that, and we used to the hire out consoles, which was amazing. You used to go down to like the the video shop down the road and just like slap some money down and come away with a game and a console for a weekend and then take it back. Those <laughs> were the days. But yeah, it's like there aren't there aren't that many standout games for me in this generation because honestly, I was kind of skipping them. I was more playing like point and click, like you know, Manic Mansion and uh, yeah, and um, like Monkey Island on on PC. Right. So interesting. I remember we could do that with our local Blockbuster Video. We could go in and rent a console for a weekend. I see, we were in Stoke. We didn't get a Blockbuster until like two years before they all shut. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, remember Blockbuster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then, uh, uh, Greg, you must have had one of these. Yeah, man. I had a Master System 2. And I'm actually going to stick with Paul on this one, because I never knew there was a Master System 1. <laughs> God. Oh, I, I never realised. I never realised until I saw it and went, Jesus Christ. Well, obviously, I didn't swear much as a child, but I thought, wow, yeah. the Master System 1 looks ugly. Yeah, they weren't the best so I had, systems. I had the better looking one. Um, mine had, uh, as it was a birthday present, I can't remember. I had Sonic 2, which was amazing. Oh, yes. And it took me it took me a very very long time to get the good ending on that game because I never knew how to get the, the last uh, Chaos Emerald. And this is I think this is like this is predating premium rate um, tips lines. So I didn't know what it, until you know like word of mouth someone shows you you're like oh of course yeah it was there. So I spent so long finishing that game just as Sonic with Tails dying, which really happens by the way. Um, but for me, oh, I had a, 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 I got Smash TV bought for me later down the line. Now, if you've ever played Smash TV, you'll you'll love it. If you haven't played it, it's like um, it's Running Man. Running Man meets oh, like uh, zombies. Like the zombies ate my neighbors. So it's like top-down arena-style shooting thing, and it was just amazing. Um, completely violent, but then by 8-bit violent standards, it wasn't really much at all. Um, but no, for me, standout game was Alex the Kid. Oh, sorry, Alex Kid. He wasn't Alex the Kid. So well, it's not Alex, Alex kid. the Kid. Alex the Kid. He was Alex, he was Alex Kid in Miracle yeah. World. And it's, I've, I've, I've recently been playing it on the PS3 because they've released it on the store. And I still can't do it. It's nails, I've never got it? very far on that game. It's so it's hard. very, very hard. Even, even looking online and you know seeing what the Rock, Paper, Scissors battles are, I can't even do the levels. <laughs> <laughs> but fun, yeah, fun little trivia, fun little trivia thing for you, like because we all used to have really crap TVs, right? And it mm. used to blur the pixels in. <laughs> it's gonna, you can you know laugh at this. In in the game, there's these little boxes with a little skull marked on them. And if you're stupid enough to hit one, or there's even like a little tile on the floor. Sometimes if you hit it, this little figure comes and chases you. Now I always thought this thing chasing you, it looked like a little walrus head. So <laughs> I always thought I was being chased by the disembodied head of a walrus that was going to kill me. And it used to scare the shit out of me. And then, weirdly enough, when I found out it was a Grim Reaper, I was like, oh, it's Grim Reaper. But the fact, the, the, the more the thought of it being a disembodied walrus head, scared the shit out of me with its, with its, with its, with its defunct body somewhere. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But they used to absolutely terrify me. Um, yeah, I was, I, I used to have a, a mass system too. And yeah, I, I didn't really play much of them. I, friends had Nezes. I think I was like the only person that had a master system. Um, so friends yes. had Nezes, but I think I just preferred the Master System of that t- of, the, of those two consoles. It was definitely Sega for me. 
yeah. Until I the mean, SNES came out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex Kid and Miracle World is, because it was built into the system, my mum decided not to buy me another game. Because <laughs> yeah, you've got one why, game and you'll get your money's worth out yeah, of it. I mean, why would you? The game is built in. So it's like, well, that's it. It's all you need, isn't it? So, what was built into the Master System 1? Oh, it was the first Sonic, wasn't it? The original, no, it wasn't. Sonic games. I, I had the Master System 1. It had built in. Was it Pole Position, the racing game they'd done? Was it, uh, was it Monaco? I can't remember the, the Sega yeah, racing. Really? It was a racing game, wasn't it? it was, um... Yeah, that or Super Hang On, I think. One of the two. Oh. Yeah. Sonic Sonic didn't come packaged with. I think it was the Mega Drive that came packaged with. I thought it was built into Master System One. Oh, I might be. I must be mistaken. Like Alex Kidd or Monaco or Super Monaco, what it was called, or Super Hang On. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was the only game I had for a while, and so I got pretty good at it. I never, I never beat Alex Kidd at all, but no. I, I remember getting somewhere through it, and obviously back then it was just a video game. I didn't think about how difficult it was, or compared to what it is now. But yeah, it's it's really, really tough. So I played that for a while. And then we had this... I don't know if you ever took advantage of this, Greg, but in Taunton there was this guy who had a van and you could call him up and you could rent a game from him. For yeah, a yeah, you could. Yes. Oh, God, <laughs> don't ask me what it was called. But yes, you're right. No, I can't remember. But yeah, you'd call him up and he'd come over to your house and you could just get into the back of his van and just take a game. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> that bit. Good old days. Okay. <laughs> And, um, this isn't dodgy at all. <laughs> it sounds weird now, yes, I know. But back then, it was the best thing ever because I could play a different game, and that's when I discovered um, Sonic the Hedgehog is when I discovered um, WWF, the first WrestleMania game that came out on the Master System. I was well into it when I was a kid. And oh, it was that. just fantastic. It was a very arcadey version of WWF uh, wrestling. And a game called Ninja, which was just Nails. a ninja game. Yeah, it was bloody hard as well. Yeah, um, oh, I had that. Oh, it was absolutely I remember amazing. That game. That was great. It was harder. It was amazing. And then, uh, oh, I can't remember anything else. But yeah, obviously, SWAT. Alex Kidd is the standout for that one. There was a game called SWAT or eSWAT. eSWAT. Yeah, I remember that being <laughs> ridiculously nails. And I remember the boxes all looked really, really ugly, didn't they? They all had that same white and blue grid with just one graphic on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, wherever you are, white van man that brought me video games. Thank oh, you. Was it white? Was it white van? Was it either? I've, either I've repressed it, or you got more of a discount than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was white when I left it. I'll just say that. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Oh dear. I might. Oh. That yeah. Please do. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Uh, but yeah, that was how I discovered a lot of games. But yeah, I never had a NES. The first time I ever played Super Mario was on the Wii Virtual Console, which is insane to think about. See, I I, I played it on the SNES Mario All Stars. Oh, well, obviously, it's had the up, upgraded color palette. So when I played the original NES ones, or not necessarily on an original NES, but on something down the line, I just went, Ugh. "What is this? <laughs> what are these basic colors? They offend my eyes." That's great. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, what are your memories of this era? Well, I was like you. I had the well. I, I, I didn't really get into consoles that much because I've still, um, I've still sort of like messing around with Atari ST, and that that lasted me a long time. Um, but I did pick up um, a Master System one, and I remember it had. I think it was called Super Monaco, their, their racing game. Um, that kind of built in, and so I remember playing that before I went to school, and I also remember playing Shinobi because. I used to go to uh, tennis lessons, but we used to just sit there with my buddy, we'd put in 20p's playing Shinobi at the 
Um, so I got, I got shabby for the, uh, the master's then. I remember trying to beat it, but I never could because that was really hard. Um, and of course, you know, Wonder Boy, Monster, Monster Land, Monster World, Wonder Boy. Um, just some of these games just uh, just um, bring so much memory. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I didn't really kind of get into the, the um, Master System or SNES, not SNES, SNES, because um, I've still been occupied with the Atari ST. And uh, me and my mates all said, like, if you get a console, you're like a gamer, so you're like a loser. That's how it was, kind of things. So you kind of kept your distance from consoles for a little while, and we kept kept the focus on the Atari ST. Strangely, the Atari ST was cooler. Well, I know it's weird. We played games on Atari ST, but for some reason, if you played a game on a console, it made you a gamer, not like a cool dude. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. Man, London life sounds tough. Yeah, it was, man. It's hard. Oh man, yeah. oh man, did you have to carry around a knife and everything as well? Yeah, of course, man. That was the early days of, of knife fighting. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the early days of knife grinding. Yeah, we were started that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Probably don't want to be um, <laughs> disclosing that on the internet. Yeah, man, we started knife grinding. Uh, the choice we had was a, a one penny wrapped in those paper caps, then wrapped in some cellar tape. So you could what, you're a peaky blinder? Yeah. <laughs> no, before I thought it, I made like a smoke bomb, didn't it? That's how it was. Wow, the days of the Blitz must have been really difficult, man. Yeah, they were. Yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> that when Kaiser, Kaiser Joe was coming over and bombing your houses. <laughs> yeah, not that. Thank you very much. Oh, well, good memories then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's move on to um, the Mega Drive slash Genesis and Super Nintendo Entertainment System era. Um, here in the UK, we called it the SNES. Um, I know there are some American listeners of this, which you called it the SNES, which just sounds like a lot of work to me. Was it called it the Famicom in America? Super Famicom. Yeah, Famicom in Japan. Oh, just Japan. Family, family console. Yes. Ah, uh, again, I don't have a, I don't really have many memories of the uh, the SNES, but the Mega Drive was when I think I realised that I really loved video games because I had a turn again, White Van Man coming through like a boss for Mega Drive games. Lots of uh, random ones. Uh, Greg, Mega Drive, SNES era? Oh, SNES all the way. Um, I wouldn't get a tattoo of a SNES pad on my leg, ironically. Um, <laughs> wouldn't no, you? I, no, I'm not that much of a hipster. Um, I absolutely love the SNES. Um, it's always been like one of my favorite consoles. It's, it's what I consider my first proper console. I know I said I had a mass system. I love the games on it. Couldn't do them, but I love them. No, SNES is where I really cut my teeth. and. I could name you like five of my all-time favorite games from the snares. Like now, I mean, Go on then. Actually, all right, Link to the Past, Illusion of Time, which is a very good action RPG, which has got an amazing real-world story slash fantasy. Fucking fantastic! More people should play it. Soundtrack is beautiful; makes me cry. Uh, Turtles in Time, because it's absolutely fantastic, and yes. the reshelled version on the Xbox 360 is a pale imitation of it. <laughs> Starwing, because Starwing is fantastic. And Killer Instinct. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I didn't realise that Killer Instinct was a, was an arcade game. I always thought it was a SNES game. And then when I f- played the arcade version, when it was on 360, as, uh, Xbox One as part of the Killer Instinct thing, and it actually had like full 3D backgrounds, I was like, I've been paying a, playing a pale imitation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Killer Instinct is... It's not as good as Street Fighter, but it's an amazing game. Right, yeah. Fair enough. There you go. Um, Five. 
What was your um, your memory of playing the Mario games of that era? Oh yeah, I loved them. Uh, I prefer. I mean, I, we had with Arsenal's we had Super Mario All Stars Bundle, um, and we had Super Mario World as well. I I used to love all of them equally. Um, Mario World was amazing, but I again, this is going to sound like a hipstery opinion. Like, oh, he's going to go for the minority selling one. I absolutely love Yoshi's Island too. Um, and it always gets a lot, lot of criticism, like, oh, it was released near the end of the console, it didn't do as well, um, it wasn't like a, a spearheaded Mario game because you play as Yoshi, blah, 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 but I absolutely love that game, I think, aesthetically, it's beautiful, it's got some of the best, like, gameplay to it with the, the egg-throwing mechanic, uh, the soundtrack is just, you know, totally adorable, uh, I absolutely love that game, and I prefer, if, if, you, if you had to stick me on a desert island with either Mario World or Yoshi's Island, I'd have Yoshi's Island, probably because I've done all 96 levels of Mario World before, and I've never fully 100%ed Yoshi's Island, just because it's a, it's a more cute game. Fair enough. Uh, Paul, what, no one else agrees with me? Ah, oh. uh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, man. Paul, Mega Drive, Snez, where are you at? Oh, this is probably relevant, but I know that um, two of the people I grew up with when I was a kid have probably listened to this podcast, so I'm going to have to mention it. So we had the Atari ST, and we were like big ST people, and if you get a console, then you're a gamer and a bit of a loser. Um, but then the SNES came out, and it come bundled with Street Fighter 2, which at the time I was just throwing money away at the arcade. I could not get enough of it. So when it came out on the SNES, come bundled with it, I had to get the SNES. And my mate's going, no, you can't do that. You're going to be a gamer. I said, no, no, no. I will set a tape of cartridge into the console, so it's like having an arcade in your own home. <laughs> That's how I sold it. <laughs> Um, and they're probably laughing. These guys are probably laughing. I, don't, I still know them to this day. We always talk about it. Um, but I, I had a Super Nintendo, and eventually Common Sense prevailed, and I, I got loads more games, and it was just a generation of absolute wonderful, wonderful games. And um, things like Super Mario World, which is absolutely just incredible. And I, I, the highlight of that game for me is when you put the key into the keyhole, it made that kind of noise, and this Mode 7 effect happened. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just magic. Um, any Konami game was just amazing. Um, Super Castlevania 4 special mention because of the super cool Mode 7 effects. Um, F-Zero, you know, it was birth of a whole bunch of franchises. Mario Kart, still going today. Um, and it was just a great, great console. Um, and it's just, oh, I just wish. I've got a Cincinnati Mini sitting one next to me right now. And, and I've had various ROMs and emulators running everything. It's just... It's a, it's a it's a console that just was just perfect. It, it, it's absolutely nothing wrong with that console whatsoever, other than the fact that Nintendo were a bunch of pussies and wouldn't allow Mortal Kombat to have blood in it, so you had white sweat instead. Um, that was very disappointing. But at the yeah. same time, that did generate a, a, a moment in time with me and my used to go in, in his house. He had um, an action replay cartridge, was it called? Action replays? And this was something you could plug a cartridge into and you could sort of debug the game. And we sat for night overnight like, trying to find the correct code just to turn the, the white sweat red. And then, you know, or, or to try and get the four bosses playable on Street Fighter. It was just it was so much fun. Um, absolutely loved it. My friend, another good friend of mine, he had a, a Mega Drive and it was a bit of a kind of console war going on. Um, but then obviously Sonic came out and that was great. Ranger Shinobi, great. Streets of Rage, greatest game of that generation, I think, personally. Um, and it was just a great, great time for games. Absolutely fantastic. Loved it. I completely agree. 
Uh, Sean, did you have one of these? I had both of these. Ah, uh, of course you did. Let's go. Um, so yeah, I, we both my, me and my brother asked for different. Uh, I I wanted the Mega Drive. Adam, my brother wanted the SNES, and we ended up getting both. Um, but we did kind of swap a lot. So if a new game came out that we wanted, we just kind of swap. Um, we never really played together except for when we were um, at my nan's house. But um, yeah, we we played a lot of games during this generation. And the Mega Drive was mine, so I kind of stayed to that as, mo- as as much as possible. So obviously, first real interaction with Sonic was on the Mega Drive. So Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, and Knuckles. And you know, I, I ended up getting all of the freaking peripheral shit with the the CD and the fucking extra cartridge for Sonic Three and the Mega CD. You got the Mega CD. Yeah, for all like wow. five games that we was, was oh, no. <laughs> terrible, wasn't it? Absolutely the terrible worst thing ever. At that, that time, like, um, it was like gaming was becoming a major part of both mine and my brother's life. So, like, it was my mum and dad like were busy, so it was like we would just do this. This was our thing. So, like, if anything came out, it was just like, yeah, we're gonna buy it. And we had the cheap cartridges for the Mega Drive. You know, that was just so many. I mean, Earthworm Jim, what a classic. I mean, the the creator's a bit of a dick these days, but you know. The, the game was, was brilliant, yeah, like Lion King. We had both versions. Oh, I forgot to mention that. What? Light, Sorry, top six, top six games, Earthworm Jim. Yeah, did, did, that came out on the stairs as well, didn't it? Because yeah, I, yeah, I, I forgot. I, sorry, I, I completely missed that on my top five. Anyway, interjection over. Carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, I had um, like Earthworm Jim. We had both versions of Aladdin, and I preferred the Mega Drive version. The, my brother preferred the SNES version, and We've never really agreed on it ever, but you know the Mega Drive version is better. So the like Tetris and like my first interaction with Mario was like Super Mario Bros. Two, and then went back and got Super Mario. Sorry, yeah, Super Mario Bros. Two, and then we got um, Super Mario World, and that kind of like blew the doors open for the SNES because like those were really really freaking good games. And before we were kind of like rinsing the Mega Drive for. For everything it could be worth, but like then it was like Zelda and Donkey Kong Country. Do you know we played Yoshi's Island? I didn't even know there was a Yoshi's Island too, Greg. I'll be honest, I, I didn't know that existed. But... Sorry, no, I've um I got that wrong. Sorry, it's Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. Yeah, my bad. Okay. There is there is a Yoshi <laughs> there is a Yoshi's Island Two. It was on the N sixty four. Okay, right. I realised I got my my lumbering wrong around. Sorry, yeah, Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. My bad. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean the the that generation was like major for me. I just used to spend so much time. Did you guys ever play the Toy Story game on the Mega Drive or the SNES? I don't know if it came out the SNES. Yes, I don't remember that. No. That game was like the first stealth mission that I'd ever played, where you're in the cups mm-hmm. entering Pizza Planet. And you have to like <laughs> it was so good. It was like such a bre- like. And the thing is, that game had like weird 3D effects too, so it looked 3D compared to like everything else. It was such a good game. It, uh, I'm I've been trying to find a, uh, a DOS version to play on my PC, but to no avail. But yeah, this this generation, this whole generation was amazing, and this is kind of where my you know love for video games slash addiction started. Yep. Yeah, same here, really. Um, 
let's not forget the Super FX chip on the SNES as well. I mean, when Star Fox came out, that was just... Star Fox, man. Yeah, yeah. it blew my mind. It's like, wow, from World I've already Corridor. mentioned it. <laughs> huh? I already mentioned it. I, <laughs> I, I already mentioned it. None of you, none of you blew your socks off then. Yeah. Um, what was that racing game called with the Mode Seven chip? It Stunt Race FX. That's it. Stunt Race. It. <laughs> that wasn't so good. But it was. It was a Star Fox Two. I don't. But didn't come out in this country. I don't think. I it's don't on know, the SNES Mini, seven. isn't it? Yeah, it's on the SNES Mini now. Yeah, but I think there's a F Zero Two that didn't come out in this country as well. It's a shame, but Donkey Kong Country, Killer Instinct, when they first came out in the Nintendo SNES, they were great. They had rendered characters. They were oh, amazing. And Cruising USA, which is a pot of shit. Yeah, yes, yes it was. What about you, Roscoe? Did you, you, so you said you, you were pure Mega Drive this generation? I mean, this is it. I mean, the Mega Drive is where it all began for me, really. I mean, I go on a lot about how Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is my favourite game of all time. And it was, I mean, it wasn't just like my favourite game, like, Sonic became a weird obsession for me as a kid. I used to draw him every single day in school. The Sonic 2 box art, you know, that massive 2 that Robotnik is holding on to with Sonic and Tails in front, I had that on my wall as a massive poster. And I had Sonic uh, backpacks and Sonic pencils and pens. And it was just because of that game that I really got into video games, I think. And, you know, you look at the amount of great games that were out on the Mega Drive. I mean, we've said like Streets of Rage 2, like Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Aladdin, The Lion King, Echo the Dolphin. I love that game. Fuck yeah. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines. I really loved as well as a kid. The first time I played Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, Road Rash. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that, that was a great game, wasn't it? It was, it, was, it was quite okay, yeah. It was quite okay. I'll give it that. Okay. I need, I need to ask you guys, did you guys ever get to date Natasha from Road Rash? No. 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 In real life, yes, but no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because there, there was like apparently a way that if you you did certain things in races that you could eventually become her girlfriend. And my friend, I don't even know if this is true. And I probably should have Googled this before starting this podcast. Um, but like spent like hours trying to figure out how to, I say hours, it was weeks trying to find out how to date Thatcher <laughs> and Road Rash. Because I kind of figured out as an adult that you probably shouldn't hit him with chains and bats and stuff when you're racing yeah. alongside him. <laughs> That's probably a major <laughs> rule. Off. I mean, you know, these it's days... Not, it's not a courting works, no. But, um, yeah, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, yeah, ever since Rihanna popularised it. Yeah, you know, so, you know, these days, it's not much of a deal, but, like, back in the day, like, just... I'm going to mute, mute myself for a second. You carry on, Roscoe. I'm just going to okay. figure out if, if I've been, <laughs> like, I, living a lie for the last 20 years. Can I, uh, can I throw out an even, uh, even weirder interjection? We're in the Road Rash theme, not the Whips and Chains thing. Did anyone ever play... Skitchin on the Mega Drive. Never heard of it, actually. Oh, please don't tell me I'm talking out my ass. It's a real game. It was the Rollerblade version of Road Rash. No. That doesn't no sound one's real. heard of it. Yes, uh, no, it really no. is. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, uh, you could like you could go behind <laughs> cars and drag. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. could you could you could do the proverbial skitching by hanging onto the bumper and gaining speed. Wow. And you could do ramps and tricks and stuff, and you could have like two other people on a bumper at any time, and you could like punch and kick them off the car. And uh, there was ramps, and you could hit like certain billboards, which would warp you ahead of levels. And it had the exact same setup as Road Rash. You upgraded your skates, you upgraded your weapons, and your durability and stuff. But yeah, it was like proper 90s grunge, like flannel shirts, backward caps, rollerblading at 50 miles an hour, which is obviously clearly possible. Obviously. Yeah. No, just yeah. a weird interjection there, just we were talking about Road Rash. And Skitching is one of those games that, like, yeah, there we go. There's my... Prime example, only 33% of this uh, 
demographic had heard of it. Another one that comes to mind is uh, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. What a beautiful game that was. Brilliant game. Mickey and, Mickey and Donald, yeah. Yeah, they remade it, didn't they? And it was awful. Yes, same with uh, the uh, Turtles in Time remake and the Earthworm GM HD remaster thingy. Just, they just really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Just give me yeah. the originals, please. Thank you very much. And Mortal Kombat 2. And Mortal oh, Kombat 2. God. Um, which was really what kicked it off, wasn't it, to be honest? I remember playing Mortal Kombat on the Amiga or maybe it was a PC by that point. But uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 on the Mega Drive. I didn't play it at home. I wasn't allowed it. I had to go to a friend's house to play it. Spent so, so much money in the arcades on that game. I really loved Eternal Champions and... Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Micro Machines. Yes. Yeah, yeah the Mega Drive SNES oh, version. Jesus, that was good. You know, was um, so you, know, good you know what Sean was saying about Aladdin being divisive on which console? Yeah. Did anyone ever play Turtles Tournament Fighters? Yes. And there's always a, a 2D moment. Beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was a street, it was a Turtles Street Fighter game. That's it, yeah. Um, and there was a Mega Drive and a SNES version with different characters in, and some people are always like, oh, the SNES one's better, the Mega Drive one's better. I couldn't tell you because I played one of them briefly, and I went to buy it later in life, and they are crazy expensive now. There was a, uh, a Mega Drive popped up on uh, the local Facebook marketplace yesterday, and it was £85, and it had three games with it. And what, three games? Was it one of those all-in-one, the, the three-in-one that you everyone ever sells, like Super Hang-On, Columns, and... Um... Columns. Well, it was Streets Columns. It was okay. Columns. It was Sonic Spindle, yeah. which is the worst Sonic game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Space Harrier 2. Mm. So, you know, it could have been worse, but... Uh, two out of three are bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth that, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, Mega Drive was just a, just a spectacular system. And the SNES was as well, really. It there was, was one great game era. on the Mega Drive. I don't know if you ever heard of it. it was called, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called Gnug or something. G-N-O-U-G. Gwynog, uh, Gwynog, whatever it's called, G-Y-N-O, yeah. Yeah, something like that, yeah. A little shoot 'em up where you this angel character going through some weird shit. Yes, yeah. That was a beautiful game. And, oh, of course, there's always the classic uh, Zero Wing with its um, all your base. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, meme, the meme to start all memes. Uh, Kid Chameleon, remember that? Yeah, it was really difficult. It was. <laughs> Sorry, what about that? Comic Dynamite Zero. Heady. Yeah. And Rystar as well, which is Sega's sort of... They tried to make it as a compendium thing to Sonic, didn't they? Yeah, it didn't work, though. I liked Firestar. Wasn't yeah. it? I mean, I was very pro-Sonic at this point, so... I mean, anything else is just a travesty compared to a design. But Remember Flashback? Flashback is a game that oh, I never wow. played because I was too scared by the box art when I was a kid. With really? Those giant piercing eyes staring at you. <laughs> and it just terrified me. So to this day, I've never played it. <laughs> To be fair, even if you even if you had played it, you'd have probably lasted about a minute before it was like that's enough. Yeah, yeah it's balls <laughs> odd. Yeah, that, that yeah, game I, was just fucking legendary difficulty. Yeah, I've got the backwards compatible Xbox 360, well Xbox One version, and even I can't even do that. There was there was versions that came out on the PS4 and Switch, wasn't it? Recently, I, that's the that's possibly the same ones. It got uh, remade, didn't it? Or something? It was a remake or something? I don't know. They keep yeah. yeah. You can talk about remakes, but apparently one of them is really bad and one of them is really good. So oh. I'm going to find I'm, out which one it is. The one I'm thinking of is the one that they pretty much copied Shadow Complex. Oh. Don't think it's that. Oh. <laughs> There's a, like a remake of the original in the exact same style, but with new artwork. And it's kind of like, you know, the Another World remake that they did? Another World, that was another good game. Yeah, um, yeah. or Out of This World, yeah. Yeah, so they, they did it in the same vein as that, so apparently it's very good, and I'm inspired to buy it. So thank you. 
All right. All right, let's crack on then. With another fantastic era, PS1, N64, Sega Saturn. God bless the Saturn, but... Can't had a rough put the Saturn and the PlayStation in the same sentence. It's mad. I had a rough time of it in that era. Sean, PS1. I imagine uh, you have plenty of stories about the PS1. I loved the PlayStation 1. I loved the Nintendo 64. I didn't own a Saturn. I'll be honest. It didn't no seem like it. That surprises <laughs> me. Yeah. So, That's... like, the Saturn has some kind of 3D control, apparently, that I didn't know about. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the PlayStation 1 was an absolute gem. You know, the, it was like... The thing is with the PlayStation 1, it was just such a massive jump for everything, wasn't it? Like, CDs, and the CDs were black for no particular reason apart from the fact that they were black. And you could tell you could tell the difference between fake CDs and normal CDs because, you know, everybody had the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 chipped. You know, go on. Hands up, who had their PlayStation 1 chipped? You still got mine. Yeah, see, everybody had it chipped. Like, but pra- but I I have mine chipped so I can play imported American games, not yeah, that, naughty copies. That was everybody's excuse. Like everyone was like, oh, "Yeah, I just want to play this version of you know Schoolgirl Panty 2. But no, that isn't that isn't what you were. <laughs> What's the game like? just so I get on the. <laughs> well, no, no, jot that down. Legitimately, the only copy game I've got is Thrill Kill. I thought you didn't even release did it, so. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like that that generation was was full of absolute bangers, and once again, I find it really hard to pin down things because like so many of my discs were just like CDs with like blue ink on top of them, squiggled by some fat guy from Creda, the man my dad worked at the time. Um, but yeah, like the one game that sticks in my head from this generation, and you guys can go through all the classics for it, you know, because you know there are tons. But can anyone remember Apocalypse with Bruce, Bruce Willis? Willis one? Yeah. Fuck that game. I used to spend that that game literally kept me busy for I'd say six months. God, Just it really to... is grim up north, isn't it? It... <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like cheerier than living in Stoke. You know, Bruce Willis in hell. <laughs> it's 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 better than, than looking outside in Stoke. Um, but yeah, the PlayStation One was was brilliant, you know, Vigilante eight. I don't know if anyone else ever played Vigilante yeah. eight. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, that that generation was an absolute banger, and you know, it's it's one of those generations where it was it's one of those massive leaps, because like even the demo disc, you know, the 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 disc you put in and you have got a T Rex that you can spin around. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, and you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? I haven't even played a game, and this is blowing my mind. This like that whole generation was just like such a massive jump, and memory memory fucking sticks. Memory cards, man. Like, not having to write down codes so that you could figure out where your next game was. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> the luxury. What? Like, how amazing was that? Like, you know, it. and the thing is, like, all the memory saves, like, on the PlayStation 1, they all had, like, icons that moved. So, like, you could, you know, you knew which ones. Oh, so good. But, yeah, great consoles. Do you have, um, um, you have a, a, a top three of that era, do you think? Yeah, you know, come back to me in a sec. I like... I want to say like Dino Crisis, but I can't remember if that was PlayStation Two or not. Yeah, it was PlayStation One. It just it, like I think about Dino Crisis, and this is this is like the problem with my brain. It, it like photorealistic, amazing, and I know it isn't. I know it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not a PS2 game in that sense, no. Yeah, but like Dino Crisis was like the game that wasn't quite as scary as Resident Evil, and 
my my mum and dad had like major problems with me playing like scary games back then. Um, so like they they kept me away from Resident Evil as much as they could, and failed miserably. <laughs> but like Dino Crisis was the game that had everything Resident Evil had, but with dinosaurs and was less scary. So I was all up for that. Obviously Apocalypse, and it's got to be like Final Fantasy VII. You know, uh, yeah. It's it's too. I know it's dead easy to say, but this was like the first time I ever cried at a game. The first time this this game has like an amazing emotional attachment to me that you guys, some of you guys will know. I wrote a piece about it that we never we never published because it was too fucking horrible. So like, but yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> this this game like Final Fantasy VII literally saved my life, and yeah, it's it's just an amazing game that. You know, I'm incredibly happy as getting a remake, but even even now, like you know, just the playing the PS4 version that just supports is fucking brilliant. Uh, Paul, PS1 and 64. Well, I was I was lucky enough to have all all three of those uh, consoles, so um, I got to experience the delights of Sega Rally on the Saturn, which was the only good thing that ever came out on it. Um, whoa, well, I will. When it's my turn, I will. I will fight you on that, sir. You do that. I, I look forward to it. But yeah, I, mainly I was on uh, PS One, and um, again, it's the same bunch of bunch of guys. We all grew up together, and we all had the same things. And the first person uh, who got the PlayStation One was Gary, and I remember going around to his house after school, and he had uh, a massive bundle of games. He had uh, Loaded, Battle Arena, Toshinden, Wipeout, Ridge Racer, and I think that was um, Destruction Derby. And man, it blew your fucking mind. Look at the graphics. You're going, it's all 3D. Oh, my God. Um, but this is like the first time when I played Ridge Racer, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm playing the arcade literally in my front room, and it was like, wow, gobsmacked. But at the same time, the PlayStation, um, I mean, credit to Sony's marketing for PlayStation, absolutely destroyed the kind of their typical gamer in his bedroom nerdy kind of thing because they had them in clubs. Wipeout was playing in, uh, in clubs in cubicles. They had, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name, but um, the, the soundtrack to it um, was done by Tomato. I think the, the designers done it. Uh, absolutely blew it apart with the music and the graphics. It was just, they really made gaming quite trendy at the time. And I remember that. Also, I don't really have any fond memories of the PlayStation 1, though. It's not like um, the Spectrum or the ST or the Super Nintendo where. You know, you think, oh, oh times. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know what it was, but it was quite cold. It didn't have that that kind of, I don't know, that homely feel of a of a, of a console you had uh, previous. But the PlayStation One, it it, 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 was, it doesn't really sit in my, uh, I know, my sphere of consoles that I loved and played forever. Um, N64 maybe a bit more. Super Mario 64 was absolutely off the scale in terms of what was achievable with that little first analog stick weird controller thing. Yeah, loads of games on the N64. That one with the truck, the nuclear missile, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Last Corps. Last Corps was great. Obviously, Star Fox was great. Donkey Kong Country, great. Oh, it was just it was a good console. But that kind of whole generation, it just, I, I, maybe it was my weird teenage years where consoles were not really a, a priority of mine at the moment, but it just seemed like it kind of came and went. I don't really have particularly fond memories of it for some reason. I'm not quite sure why, but but I do remember just Ridge Racer just absolutely blowing my mind because down in the Trocadero up in Oxford Street, they had Ridge Racer, full screen, massive like cinema-type screen, and a real Mazda MX-5. 
uh, you could get in and drive like a real car kind of thing. And it was like, wow. And to play that in your in your front room, unbelievable. But yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was cool stuff, but it doesn't really resonate as much as you know SNES generation. Okay, Greg. I'm again. It always seems like I'm current contrary to Paul, but I fucking love the PlayStation. Uh, I was a bit late on it. Uh, I just I didn't get one straight away. I remember playing a lot of friends' consoles. First game I played on there was Tekken Two, which was awesome, and the second game I ever played was the first Resident Evil. But uh, as I as I've said, I know I'm a massive Resident Evil fan. When we finished the first one. Just thought nothing of it. Thought, oh, real cool, really, really, you know, really freaky zombie game. Thought nothing of it because I was too young to understand how markets works and how how game sales impact the sequel writing the other one. Didn't know there was a second one on the way. So when I finally got around to get my PlayStation, um, and I had rival schools, I went. I remember going to Dixon's and it was like buy a PlayStation and pick one of twelve free games. And I just was instantly drawn to rival schools. It's a beat 'em up by Capcom, Street Fighter vein. It's got uh, Sakura in it, who's recurring character in street fighter amazing over the top played that for hours and hours and hours and then resident evil 2 came out and we all know i love resident evil 2 so i'm not going to go in depth about that with siphon filter one and two and eventually oh, the third wow. one yes. yeah siphon filter was amazing with the taser do you remember the taser i do and if you held on to it and they stay stand there combust <laughs> and it's funny because i'm not a sociopath but just quick disclaimer there but there's nothing funnier than tasing someone either 20 feet away or three feet away from you and holding on to square with the, with the lock-on thing as they're, as they're in full view and screen and watching them burn he's like <laughs> uh yeah so i put one and two but for me it was square enix well it was squaresoft at the time before they became square enix they have a massive catalog and Konami as well. Before we before we now became a generation of going hashtag fuck Konami and all that shit Konami and Squaresoft and Capcom were just giants on that console. Like I said before, Sui Coden 1 and 2 are two of my favorite RPGs ever. They're not big, world-destroying, you know, like Final Fantasy-scale stories. They're just about battling empires. There is a magic element involved. Throughout the games, you recruit up to 108 extra characters, and it affects the endings you get of them. Fantastic story. Picked up the second one. Again, I, I never saw the first one available. Picked up the second one on a whim in game for like 20 quid and i did have it on my collection i had to sell it about 10 years ago really regret it but they're on the playstation 3 store now beautiful game beautiful sprite style rp like top-down rpg absolutely love it uh alundra you ever played any that at all that was that was the playstation's answer to zelda it was a good fun but yeah like sean you've got final fantasy 7 final fantasy 8 my personal favorite Again, not trying to be divisive and hipsterish. I didn't like Final Fantasy IX very much at all. Excuse but you've me. got, I, I said, I didn't like Final Fantasy IX very much. This one in the series. This, this is, this is my section, Paul. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. I didn't hate it. I just preferred, it, in my order, it would go 9, 7, 8. Uh, you have Parasite Eve 2, which was just fantastic. It was a, a not a Resident Evil beta, but it was on par with that. And on the, on the import side of things, you had Chrono Cross, which is fantastic. I never played Chrono Trigger, so I got around playing Chrono Cross on my phone. I was aware of Chrono Trigger, but Chrono Cross is one of my favourite games. And I love I love a good time travel story, uh, be it film, book, game, whatever. So Chrono Cross is up there with, like, top top 10, top 15 games. And then the Tomb Raiders, they're all right. N64-wise, they're all right. I'm going to say it now. I never finished any of the original PlayStation Tomb Raiders. <gasps> okay. Is that because I was you were spending too much time? locking the butler in the freezer trying to get the nude cheat to work. Is that what it was? 
maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> N64. Some friends had them. I never got into the whole GoldenEye. You know, local GoldenEye parties that everyone else used to. You know, it, it was a big thing, wasn't it? It's like, oh, you were spending hours and hours playing four-player GoldenEye. And it's like, not really. There don't ever be two of us at any time. GoldenEye was good. Mario 64. Yep, classic. Saturn existed. Wow. So yeah, for me, for me, I'm a big, I'm a big flag flyer of the PlayStation. Fair enough. I mean, this era for me was very much Sega and Nintendo. Again, I missed, I didn't get a PlayStation. I never had one. My first PlayStation was a PS3, and I bought it for The Last of Us and then sold it when I completed it. I mean, that was that. But yeah, it was all N64 for me this era and Saturn. My my one game I loved on the Saturn was called Nights Into Dreams, oh, and it was yeah, fair enough. And it was that. it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, there was a there was a Sonic racing game called Sonic R. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Man, that thing was weird, and it 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 was in 3D, but it was terrible 3D. Even then, it just looked awful. Um, but yeah, Nights of the Dreams was a was just a amazing experience. But yeah, it was all N64 for me. I mean, Mario 64 blew my mind, blew my dad's mind. He couldn't believe what he was witnessing when I was playing it. It was quite funny to watch. I had my, <laughs> it was yeah, my I am a child of divorce. So at my dad's house, I had my N64. And I remember getting it on Christmas Day with Mario 64 and Goldeneye. Oh, wow. And it was like the best Christmas Day ever. Oh, um, he loved Goldeneye because he loves, he's a massive James Bond fan. And so, yeah, he very much enjoyed me being able to run people over in a tank. And, um, oh, the and, runway uh, level. Yeah. And that weird sound effect that happens whenever you run someone over. Yeah. yeah. It was quite horrible, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, looking back now, Goldeneye is a horrendous looking game. Especially but, when they had a when you had the DK mode cheat on, because you think, hang on, they've got bigger heads to run over. Yeah, we, really, we we really would give a psychiatrist a field day, wouldn't we? <laughs> Man, we're so ungrateful nowadays. Look at what we had before. <laughs> but you know, it went through. I every now and then for like birthdays and Christmases, I got Banjo Kazooie and Mario Kart sixty four, Perfect Dark, which was wonderful. Um, Lilac Wars, Star Fox, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Diddy Kong Racing, yeah. which is arguably better. Than Mario Kart 64, uh, depending on yeah, who you ask. Yeah, Mario Kart 64 wasn't so good, was it? It's probably the no. weakest, I think. Uh, Wave Race, I remember playing that. that oh awesome. god, yeah, the water—that was great. Yeah, was great. Yeah, those water effects. People are like, oh my god, this changes everything. What were the Star Wars games? Uh, Rogue Squadron. Um, oh, uh, uh, and Race Sh- Shadow Shadow of the Empire. Yes, and Shadow of the Empire. When you played the Bounty Hunter, but you could also take out ATATs with a tow cable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Kirby. Was there a Kirby? There was a Kirby in 64 game. I, remember I think so. Uh, the very first Smash Brothers was on the N64. That's how long that bloody franchise has been going now. I remember that because there was an N64 magazine petition because it wasn't meant to be released over here. It was only meant to be a Japanese release. And the love for it was so massive that Nintendo eventually went, oh, okay, we'll release it in Europe and North America. Can you imagine if Smash Brothers just stayed in Japan? Wow. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> F Zero X was, you know, visually you remember, at the time. Was um, the game. There was a game, a bike racing game. Oh, snowboarding. Snowboarding was sick, man. Bike racing game. Yeah, it was like a anti gravity bike thing. Extreme G. Extreme G. Extreme G. Yes, good shouts. Um, I remember Mystical Ninja starring Goman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was was a, was a sweet ass little game. Yoshi's Story, Pilot Mischief Wings, Makers. That was made by Treasure, wasn't it? It was like a pseudo sequel to um, Gunstar Heroes, wasn't it? Am I thinking the yes. right one? Uh, I can't remember. Mis- 
mischief makers is you play like a, a girl in a robot suit type thing and she grabs stuff and throws them at blocks. Might be talking <laughs> out my ass. Not sure. When this okay. goes live, can Drink someone comment about that, please? <laughs> I mean, the N64 had some terrible, terrible games. There were a lot of companies that didn't quite manage to do the best work with the uh, with the mechanics that the N64 offered. So there were some really terrible ones like Beetle Adventure Racing, uh, Cruising USA. Yeah. Oh. oh, God, that was awful. Yeah. It's a shame. Do you remember the South Park first-person shooter? Yes. Oh. Uh, it was Fucking so brilliant. bad. No, don't. So bad. I, I got. Used that. to have the um. Used to have the weird little gramophone disc hypnotized thing. That used to make him play that. I like to sing about the moon and the June and the spring. That one, and it was just yeah. that one soundbite loop. And oh, oh what about Superman? Talking about bad game. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. snowboarding was amazing. I mentioned that earlier, but yeah, I love that game. Uh, Racer. Star Wars episode Racer. Required was it right? It required the expansion oh, pack. Pod race. Perfect Dart required the expansion pack, didn't it? Yeah, so did Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong, yeah. And the really Rumble packs. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that control was full of more expansions than anything else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, the N64 changes a lot of things. It was quite groundbreaking, really, at the time. There was a, wasn't there a Game Boy thing that you could put in the pad as well, wasn't there, for Pokemon Stadium? Yes, there was. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So you could put your Pokemon into Pokemon Stadium, yeah. It was a, That's right, yeah. Ah, oh, good old Nintendo. Back Love when it. they had a national Pokedex. <laughs> oh, those were the days. But yeah, the N64 is a... I have lots of fond memories of going over to my mate's house and having sleepovers and playing GoldenEye for hours and hours and hours. Good memories. Everyone had GoldenEye. Everyone had an N64 in my friend's group, so it was quite nice. We could just jump to each other's houses and just play it whenever we wanted. Uh, I miss GoldenEye. I wish they sort out the fucking licenses issues. <laughs> yeah. Not that I, I'm not sure. It obviously wouldn't be the same now because it looks awful. But um, maybe a shiny HD remake is what's in store. There was a there was a HD remake of it one a couple of years back on the PS3 and Xbox 360. It was awful. Yeah, but it wasn't made by Rare, was it? It was just a. Was yeah. it? Did they release it on the um on the Wii or the Wii U though? With wasn't it like Goldeneye Reloaded or something like that? Yeah. And they released it at the same time as 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 a was it Nightfire remaster as well? Rogue Agent? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, one of those anyway. It, it, it didn't do well, but I guess you know it was it was a product of his time, wasn't it? You know, mm. it was. Oh, do you remember the um, the Mission Impossible game? I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember playing that, and then I played the PlayStation version, which had better draw distance and graphics, and went, "Oh, this is what I'm playing." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the N64 one was uh, was you know when developers used fog to uh, to hide everything. <laughs> Another bit yes. of fog, didn't they? Yeah, Mission Impossible was a a cruel victim of that, but that was a really fun game. It's very stealthy the, and tactical um, more than GoldenEye was. Yeah, the, the the dropping down past the lasers was a lot easier to do with a thumbstick. Yes, <laughs> than a D pad. Yeah, ah, oh, good times. Operation Windback, a great reference yeah. in your review. I love that game. Oh. I've been playing that on the PS2. Wow. Yeah. Did realize it was an N64 game. Talking of PS2, we... let's go to our final era, which was the PS2, Xbox, GameCube, Dreamcast era, which is where we lost Sega, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, maybe four consoles on sale at the same time was probably a few too many. But so I, again, I was Xbox, GameCube. Obviously, I had a Dreamcast. I'll go into that in a minute. But um, 
what should we go around again? Uh, Greg, where were you in this era? I started off with a PS2. Uh, I think, again, didn't get it on launch, but I, I did get one. One of the first games I ever wanted to play and then got was The Bouncer, which I think is fucking phenomenal, and that game deserves a remake. I, I, I imagine if I started a petition, it'd be me and about four other people, three of whom I probably know. <laughs> but the, boun- the Bouncer was one of my favorite games. I remember seeing the footage, and this, this was one of those early examples of early footage versus actual end products before watchdogs did it it showed like fully destructible environments and it's going to be better than streets of rage and final fight and you can grab chairs and throw them at each other turns out you couldn't but it was still fantastic <laughs> completely completely banana story uh but i absolutely loved it um i'm only going to reel off a couple of games on the game on the ps2 because i'm going to go onto the gamecube a little bit but there's two of my all-time favorite games that are on the ps2 that i absolutely loved with shadow of the colossus and I've gone on great length about how amazing that is now. And the PS4 remake is fantastic. But it was just amazing when it first came out. It blew my mind. And especially, I'm going to spoil it because it's a 15-year-old game. But when, you, uh, when you've taken down all the Colossi and you find out that you've been manipulated. And you're actually being manipulated by an evil god. That just, that just blew my mind. Um, and it's got a beautiful score. I sound like a right hipster tonight. Oh, it's got a beautiful soundtrack. But yeah, it does. And a game made by Cambridge Studio, or Sony Cambridge, or SCE, whatever they're called, Cambridge Studios, I think. Uh, Ghost Hunter. Did anyone ever play it? I don't recall it, no. Nope. Oh, it was, um, you play a rookie police officer called Lazarus Jones. <laughs> That's about as, it's about as early 2000s as you can get. He's wearing like a denim jacket and like bell-bottom jeans and spiky tipped blonde frosted hair but yeah you're basically searching for a missing professor at this like derelict school it turns out he's been trapped in a different time zone you, you basically like a bit like ghostbusters you release all the ghosts that he's captured and you have to end up going through different time zones that he's to recapture them and find out what's going on and there's like some all-consuming force that is after these the, the, soul, the souls of the ghosts to, to bring demons into the world it's a bit Sounds a bit corny now, but it was a fantastic game at the PS2 at the time. And eventually I bought a GameCube. Well, I bought one Xbox when I started working at GameStation. When you get discount on second-hand consoles, oh my god. Yeah, I got an Xbox, got a few games of that. It was alright. I really liked GameCube, though. I really wish it had done better than it did. But some of my favourite games on that would be Resident Evil 4, because that's where it started. I know I've talked before about how I'm a sucker for like a remaster, but I have played the originals that get me rooted in these kind of things, like Shadow of the Colossus, Resident Evil 4. But Beautiful Joe, anyone remember that? Yes. I love those mm-hmm. games. That was great. Yeah, I remember playing that one. Didn't play the second one. Kind of wish I had. One game that really, really stands out on the GameCube, which I think is probably what really kicked my love for the remasters and the remakes and taking something old and making it, you know, look amazing, is the Resident Evil remake. Or reimagining it, if you will, because it tweaked it a little bit. But I remember seeing that a friend of mine had a GameCube, and I because obviously you, you wouldn't be seeing Resident Evil running in a demo pod in Argos because it would scare the kiddies but I go around to a friend's house who went oh I've got this GameCube check it out oh, alright yeah okay I haven't seen much of it I've seen Wave Race being played on it and Luigi's Mansion but I saw Resident Evil and I saw like it was still pre-rendered but seeing like the water on the window being reflected on a wall and running down the wall and I'm, and I'm just being like oh, this is fantastic I really want a GameCube now I just it, just it was amazing and then they ported Resident Evil 2 and 3 just standard ports yeah I I'm trying to think of an Xbox title. Like, like Zero as well, part of that. They is did, they did, yep, yeah. which was originally going to be an N64 game. They ported it to, well, they, they made it for the uh, GameCube instead. But just a quick shout out to the Xbox. I'm, going to look at, I'm looking at a couple of my games now that are going to get quick nods because they're amazing. Splinter Cell, Chaos Theory. 
because it, it's it's the best in itself. Uh, Second Sight, which I really hope they do something with now that, that they've got the license for again. Ninja Gaiden, because it was just difficult as fuck. Never finished it. Oh, I did. Half-Life 2, because that was the first time I ever got to play it. But I'm going to throw my favourite mention to The Warriors, because I absolutely love that film. And I think Rockstar did a fantastic job in fleshing out that world and making a decent game out of it. Come out to play. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Can you dig it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just just looking at my games really, and that's that's sort of my nod to the Xbox there. But for no, for me, for the most part, I was definitely a PS2 person. The Zone of the Enders one and two, Bouncer, Ghost Hunter, so many good games. Devil May Cry. Well, Colette, talk to me about PS2 and Xbox and GameCube and Dreamcast. Again, I had all three. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that I think from the days of Spectrum up till now, I've pretty much owned every console at some point. I went for a mad eBay eBay spree and bought some old weird crap. Never had it in uh, Neo Geo, though, so anyway. So, yeah, PS2, I bought that. That was, that was okay. I mean, there's only one game I can ever mention when it comes to PS2, and that was uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which was just still ranked as one of my favourite games of all time. I remember I've actually, that's the only GTA game I've actually completed fully. So, I mean, that was just, it was just so great. The, the story, the characters, uh, the world, how big it was. It just, oh, everything about it was just, was just fantastic um but ps2 nothing much else really rang any kind of alarms of being awesome that i can remember the top of my head uh also i had an xbox and yeah splinter cell was basically played splinter cell and ninja gaiden that's all the games i used for that oh and max Payne, that was great special mention that's to go to the the gamecube because i remember when i played resident evil 4 for the first time and i was like what the fuck it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Scared the shit out of me. There's a funny story, if I can just bore you slightly. Um, I was playing Resident Evil 4 in a game at home, and Jerry got in, a, in an early video, you've got those guys with the sacks and the chainsaws, and they really fucking freak you out, don't they, when they come out here with the chainsaws. Uh, and they just like this horrible chainsaw noise. You can hear it, you know, you're in for a whole world of trouble. So anyway, that night, my, my parents' house backed onto a train track, and the guys always do the work at night for some reason. And they was using chainsaws to cut the fucking like, shrubbery down, like the brambles and stuff. And I woke up in the night in a chainsaw and I just shit my pants. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that half, that half asleep, half awake, I'm like, what the fuck, is this real or what? I mean, there could be some guy with sacks outside, it really did freak me out. But another story about the GameCube, and I remember um, the GameCube, I think it was actually way more powerful than people actually gave it credit for, because um, I remember playing Splinter Cell on the PlayStation, but it didn't have the capabilities, if I remember rightly, to when you shot the light bulb to actually make create darkness. It had done something else, it had to do some special trick. But the GameCube could actually change the lighting dynamics, um, which made it well just look better, I guess. But, um, but F Zero on the GameCube was just like hypnotic. I swear they pumping subliminal messages into my eyes because. When you play that game, you can't blink. You just cannot blink. It was so fast. It's true. We're playing it drunk with your buddy. You're sitting there going, what the fuck? And you're not blinking. The first one to blink, you know you're going to die, so you don't blink. And you're standing there with your eyes bleeding as you as you play this game. I'm so like, guy down bought out another F-Zero uh, since. But yeah, I mean, again, I think gaming for me at this point, I wasn't really kind of in love with it as I was back in the day. So it doesn't really have any kind of long-lasting emotional kind of feels if that makes any sense but there were some classic games cracking games and you know it was all good yeah sure so yeah i i had all these except for the gamecube i never had a gamecube 
I did have a Dreamcast and I did have an Xbox. And I bought an Xbox for one specific game, and that was Munchie's Odyssey. So I was always into the Oddworld games, and I don't know if you guys ever played Munchie's Odyssey or Stranger's Odyssey. They no. they only ever came out on the Xbox. I played Stranger's Wrath. Stranger's Wrath, sorry, yeah, Stranger's Wrath. Yeah, uh, Stranger's Wrath and Munchie's Odyssey. So yeah, they they like I I entered this generation as a PS2 owner, and I was all about the PlayStation Two, like God of War, and you know the Call of Duty series, uh, Killzone, God of Duty, like Def Jam Fight for New York, Black. Oh, I fucking love that. They need to release that again. Yes, they do. Unreal Tournament, Time Splitters, fucking Time Splitters. But yeah, this this generation had me by the balls with the PlayStation 2 for a long, long, long time. And then the Xbox kind of came out of nowhere and kind of drew my attention. But alongside the same time, like we had, so obviously we had Grand Theft Auto uh, 3, Fire City and San Andreas all on the PlayStation 2. Just amazing games for their time. I know that like, you know, you play them now. And I bought the HD versions on the PlayStation 4. They are poop compared they to their shit, play. They look absolutely terrible, don't they? <laughs> it's not just that. They, they don't play well either. They, no, like, don't. Right, yeah. The, the entire design of those open-world games has moved on so far. But like you, back in the day, like, okay, you can get in this car, and sure enough, there will be a mission that opens up a bridge which has been destroyed. <laughs> like, you know, these days it's like, fuck me. It's like the old Grand Theft Auto progression blockers of a broken bridge. Fuck. Like, the character couldn't swim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they, those games were, like, mind-blowing at the time. Um, and, obviously, Final Fantasy X, uh, Blitzball. Goddamn. I lost so many hours to Blitzball. Bully? Or, you know, whatever it was called on these shores. I can never say, probably. Can this edit? Can I kind of edit? And then, then we had Kingdom Hearts. And, yeah, that kind of took over my life for a, for a long time. But then he eventually got a, a Dreamcast and I got an Xbox. And Dreamcast, do you know, I had my PlayStation 2 was obviously chipped and a lot of the games were pirated, but they kind of really clamped down on the PlayStation 2, so I ended up do, going out and buying quite a lot of actual real games. My Xbox was chipped. I couldn't play it online. So, like, you know, that you know, connection to go to the store where you could buy stuff. My friend was all over Halo and, like, we were massive into Halo and... He got this this online disc thing that you could put into your Xbox, connect up to the internet, etc. And I I borrowed all that and bricked to the Xbox because it was chipped. So <laughs> yeah, so I totally totally fucked my Xbox. But thankfully, because like we were in a group, we we always always just play Halo together. Um, we were like four player Halo, two on each side, like split screen. It was fucking awful, but it was amazing at the same time because like Halo multiplayer was was like for the time was mind-blowing but then you were still playing like basically a, a, a lot better version of GoldenEye back then like you look at it today it's so dated but yeah it's... I've got um uh, Halo was uh, I played Halo on the Xbox and I remember it blowing my mind because it, it looked incredible and the multiplayer was was great but I got a really bad story that I was on the last level of Halo and about to beat it but mate come around Mr Gary Phillips if you're watching listening I said, let's play, let's play the multiplayer. He goes, all right, let's give it a go. And what he'd done, obviously, is he raised my entire game, didn't he, by accident. So I never actually complete the first Halo, and it's all because of him. It's his fault. And I still hold him accountable for it <laughs> <to> this day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you yeah, raised your game. It absolutely, absolutely killed me. It did, you, still, really. you still talk to the guy? Oh, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I would, I, he'd never find his body. 
<laughs> it's been close, don't get me wrong. But he's he's a, uh, a patron of our good podcast, I can't dare, like, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the, this generation, the Dreamcast, I had the Dreamcast, and I loved everything about the Dreamcast, apart from the fact that the games were so friggin' expensive. Back then, like, owning a Dreamcast was like, in Stoke, at least, was like a status symbol because you couldn't chip it and everything was so expensive. So, like, you know, like the memory card that you could play games with? The VMU. Like, that was such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the mini games outside and transferring, you know, between them by sticking them together. But, like, I only owned, like, five or six games total for the Dreamcast. And that was, like, Choo Choo Rocket, Shenmue, Shenmue 2, and some other ones. How was that? No. You had Shenmue 2 for the Dreamcast. Did I? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Wow. It was on it was on Dreamcast, was it? Yeah. It was. I just I remember it being really fucking difficult to get hold of. I'll Not tell you stoke. what, it, it, <laughs> here's a funny story. I went stoke. down to um CEX with my Dreamcast because I had nothing. Um take out space whatever. So I had a bunch of games, including Shenmue one and two, and Dreamcast controller, the VMU, the lot. I got about twenty quid for everything, but I got seventy quid for Shenmue two boxed. Strange. <laughs> Yeah, because like the big push for it was that it was coming out on Xbox, and Sega were almost, oh yeah, it's also coming out on Dreamcast. But look at the Xbox version! Wow, it's just, it's the same thing that happened with Resident Evil Four when it was meant to be exclusive to the GameCube and it was going to sell a million GameCubes, and then two weeks before GameCube launched, they went, yeah, it's coming out on PS2 as well. Yeah, and that just that didn't help. One other caveat before, sorry to interrupt, Sean. One other thing that I forgot to mention in my enthusiasm for other retro hipster games, I didn't mention in the entire PlayStation One or Two section. Metal Gear fucking solid. I, yeah. I, I can't I can't forgot that. Metal Gear Solid 1, amazing. Metal Gear Solid 2, bananas but good. But Metal Gear Solid 3 is a fantastic game. Do you know, that's the one that I couldn't click with. Yeah, me too. One, three. Yeah. Like, two, like, one, I loved. Two, I, I kind of, when we first, like, when you first started, and it's like, okay, you, you are now Snake, and you're like, yeah, but that, that's, not, that's not Snake, that's just some fucking whiny kid. And then, like, you get through it and, like, ah, fair enough, this game is actually fucking brilliant. Three, like, I just, it never clicked with me. Like, the whole, and I think it was because you, the whole grass mechanic never really kind of went into my head that you could, like, blend with grass and things. It was just one of those things that I just bounced off that game so many times. Yeah, I love it. I can understand why it's, it's a bit marmite for some. Like, I, I just love the idea as well, because I used to sit there and read the... Because at the time, I was living with three friends in a, a house share that we, we got, like, a pool table and shit. And my friend bought Metal Gear Solid 3 into the house and was like, you need to play this. And it, we sat down, and it was like, I just couldn't play it. And then sat down and read the you know, the manual that came with it. It was oh, like, yeah. everything in this sounds brilliant. You have to, like, kill and eat your own food. This sounds brilliant. But just, it never, never clicked, which is a shame. Four, on the other hand, yeah. But we're not talking oh, about yeah. basics. But yeah, that brilliant generation. Um, Dreamcast was too expensive. But yeah, the PlayStation 2 was absolutely my destination for this generation. It was full of absolute bangers. All right, you, Roscoe, did you, uh, you, I'm going to guess you had a Dreamcast. I did. Of course I you did. did. I've, I've spoken at length about my love for the Dreamcast. Um, there's an entire article up on thingyguns.net about my love for Shenmue. And I mean, it was such a great system, but I only had about five or six games for it. But these are games that I played over and over and over again. So, like, Soul Calibur 2 was one. Or was it Soul Calibur 1? It might have been Soul Calibur 1. First Soul Calibur was on the 
Dreamcast, Soccer Labour 2 was on yeah. GameCube, PS2, and the Xbox. Yeah, it might have been the Xbox version, actually, I'm thinking of. Did it have Spawn in it? Yes. No, yeah, it, that, had, it had Link in it. It was that'll GameCube. Game that would be the GameCube version, then, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Uh, Jet Set Radio? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that was so good. What a great game. so, so good. A Sonic Adventure, which was the launch starter for the Dreamcast, which, at the time, was really cool and fun. No, now, it now, now it's now it's now it's just awful. Yeah, God, it's it's so bad. It's not it's not aged, is it? It has not aged well at all. Uh, Crazy Taxi. Um, oh yeah. Oh. The first Resident really Evil. Taxi. The first Resi I ever played was Resident Evil Code Veronica on the Dreamcast. Oh, it was a belter of a game. It was. Great. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a bit more. It was a bit more action oriented, and so it kind of appealed to me a little more. Power Stone. Ovs. Ovs. Power Stone is uh, superb, and why the hell isn't it? Around anymore? It doesn't make any sense. Yes, Capcom. It's Capcom, wasn't it? That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. It was Chichi Rocket because it was cheap. <laughs> it was yeah. like it come with I it, had... didn't it? Was that a bundled game? Because like, was it bundled because it come with the net internet thing, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was a game called Toy Racer, which was the first internet. Yeah, game I remember Toy Racer. It was only a fiver because it had internet access. You needed internet and there was... access with it. And there was Toy Commander as well, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Whoa. this was the uh, this was the time when I was I had my Christmas job at Game Station with Greg, and hey. so I played a lot of um, GameCube games and Xbox games that I just borrow from Game Station and take back the next day, which was a nice little perk of that <laughs> of, uh, of that yep. job. Uh, Sonic Adventure Two, which I stand by, is better than Sonic Adventure, um, even if it's not that great. Uh, the the original Res was on the Dreamcast. I mean, that was yes. It was. yes. Oh my god, how can I forget that game? Oh my god, it's my favorite game ever. All right. Yeah. Um, Samba de Amigo. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was the one awesome. in Americas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love that game. Uh, what was the uh, What was the Donkey Kong one on the GameCube with the bongos? Donkey Konga. Donkey Konga. Yes. Brilliant. I love that thing as well. So yeah, it was a great. Um, Ready to Rumble. Oh god, that game was awesome. Uh, Metropolis Street Racer was the best looking racing game ever when it came out. Yeah, that's the one that went on to be Project Gotham, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I remember the Dreamcast making a massive deal about being online. So you had things like Unreal Tournament and Quake Three Arena, Fantasy Star Online, and all them lot. Oh yes, I remember. I spent so much hours on Fantasy Star Online, thinking if I level up enough, I'm going to get uh, a Ifrit like summon to kind of come down and kill people, but it didn't quite happen. Ah, see, Very you played more games this era than you thought. What was that? It's a Dreamcast game with, with hoverboards, which I really enjoyed. What was that one? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Trick style? Oh, Something like that, yeah. That was a good game. That was a good game. Is it trick, trick style? So I think it's trick style. Trick, tricky hover trick. I can't remember, but you know. Is it Vault? Revolt. No, that's the RC one, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. I remember uh, having the Dreamcast light gun for House of the Dead 2. Oh, yeah. Um, and Typing of the Dead as well. It, the typing it is, of the uh, Dead was amazing. Trick style, sorry. I'm just... <laughs> trick style, oh, okay. Sorry. Acclaim of all people. Oh, them. Oh, RIP Acclaim. So, yeah, I mean, the Dreamcast was a great system, but unfortunately was battered by the uh, the power of the PS2. And uh, that was that oh. for Sega, which was a real shame. Here's an interesting fact uh, Trickstyle was developed by Criterion Software, who, as we all know, done a burnout. Burnout, yeah. And now make dangerous driving. <laughs> oh, God. Dan- dangerous golf as well. Oh, just let them make a burnout game, EA, for Christ's sake. 
Can I just uh, also a little going back to Dreamcast? Um, this is just from a, like a design point of view. Mm. Uh, when a Dreamcast launched, they, they launched the official Dreamcast magazine, which was nothing like we've ever seen before. Yes, it was brilliant. Yeah, because uh, all, all uh, games magazines before that were big, kind of bright, cartoony, kind of fit as much crap on the front cover as you can. But then a Dreamcast magazine came, official one. It was almost like a lifestyle magazine, wasn't it? It was. Mm. Um, it was, it was a, I thought, wow, that's really classy. And that's what made me actually fine enough by the Dreamcast. I thought, this is this is so different from everything else we've seen. Yeah. This has got to be a good machine. So uh, that's what I invested. You know, so, you know, design works. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Dreamcast magazine was really one of a kind. It was great. Yeah. Um, I think it paved the way for things like Edge. Well, no, Edge came out first, yeah. obviously. Well, yeah, sure. But it had kind of had that same aesthetic. Yeah, I guess. yeah exactly. Yeah. Edge, Edge for you done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there was a great, there was a great feature every month in the Dreamcast magazine, I don't know why I remember this, of different areas of game development. Right. So every month there'd be something about the sound and about the graphics and then about publishing and about oh, processing right. a design. And it was a really amazing way of learning what developers actually do. I, I, I honestly believe that the, the Dreamcast was a great console, but the thing that actually let it down, it ultimately failed, was because they decided to sponsor Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> you could be right there. I think that's what right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xbox, yeah, I mean, it was all Halo for me. Halo and uh, rare games like Grab by the Ghoulies. I mean, Halo was just a, a life changer for me. Me and my friends played it to, to death for years and years and years. Halo 2 just couldn't live up to it in our estimation. So we just played Halo constantly throughout that generation. Nothing really ever came close to it. The original Xbox doesn't have you know a pantheon of uh, of great games, really. It just it kind of rode on the coattails of uh, Halo for such a long time. It's a strange console. It was just sort of there, wasn't it? It didn't really do anything. It just, yeah, it is an alternative to PS2. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they didn't really push it until the Xbox 360 came out and just owned everything. But, yeah. 100%. I mean, there was like like Fable and uh, the original Splinter Cell and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which, you know, obviously gave it an audience. Uh, the original Forzas, uh, San Andreas, Burnout 3, Conquered Live and Reloaded. Remember that? Whew. Yeah, boy. That, that was something. <laughs> yeah, boy. That was something. Blinks the Time Sweeper. I don't think this was an exclusive, but uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, is one I remember quite fondly from that era. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was on PS2, I bet. That was a, that was a very good game. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it was a great, great era. It was just a shame that uh, we had to lose Sega in that one. I can't imagine what Sega would be like these days, but yeah. I mean, they've got, so many, they've got so many great IPs at Sega, and I'm not quite sure why they don't sort of delve into their back catalogue and just quit trying to make Sonic and just, you know. Yeah, well, they've got a uh, they've got a AAA IP announcement at Gamescom this year, so who knows what that could be. We'll maybe Sight. find out. If it's Jet Set or Crazy Taxi, I'm going to lose my mind. Or a, a proper Streets of Rage kind of, you know. Well, Streets of Rage 4 is coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, but well, I want it, so... And for all intents and purposes, I've heard that it's very, very good. So, Ooh. that's worth looking forward to. Um, okay, well, that leads us up to uh, two gens behind, which we now consider retro these days. Is there anything else that anyone's remembered quickly that they want to jump and in, dive into from any era? So no, I, think I, I, I think I interrupted with my Metal Gear thing, but that was just an oversight on my part. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're overrated garbage, that's why. <laughs> truth at last someone spoke the truth if uh, if learning how to strangle people has taught me anything it's that I can 
channel my inner peace and just calmly say that you're entitled to your own opinion, even if it is wrong. <laughs> and that you are far enough away from me not to strangle you right now. Okay. So you don't want to meet for that drink in September? That's probably not a good well, idea. Well, only, only if you change your tude. Oh. <laughs> uh, we threw out on uh, Twitter a tweet that was like, hey, guys, give, give us some retro memories. And we've got a few. S3V, our, um, our lovely patron, was praising the Sega Saturn and Sonic 2, which is why she's awesome, to be honest. Let's be fair. Uh, Phoenix DK, um, the, the amazing Phoenix. No, she was on a ZX Spectrum Plus 2A, the James Bond light gun game that came with it. Many, many hours playing that. I don't remember that. Does anyone oh remember that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Flashback. I remember <laughs> Yeah, There it is. Absolutely. 100% remember that. Light gun game on Spectrum. Oh my god, yes. I, so I didn't have this, right? But I went round to a friend's house who did have this. And I never got to see him play the game or play the game myself. But inside the box was like this um like canvas bag that had top secret written inside it. Uh, on it. And inside was like um, a a letter from MI6 giving you the mission. And that's where the tapes came alongside the light gun. So like it was like a proper James James Bond's nice. mission briefing. And oh. I swear to God, I, I mean, I'm not proud of this. I tried to steal it, even though I couldn't play it at my house because <laughs> I didn't have a spectrum. <laughs> but seriously, that that was like the nicest box of goodies, like as a kid. I think, what was his name? I don't, I'm not going to like, but yeah, such a nice box. Such a great game as well, I imagine. Fucking duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what to get you for Christmas now. Sorted. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Don't write that down. <laughs> um, at Nexus the Duck says Bugs Bunny birthday blowout from on the NES. Uh, I don't remember that, but anyone? Nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. You said on Twitter, "Hot damn, that was a banger, Sean." So you must have some recollection of it. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> yes. No. No. I did. I googled the. There it is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it was very colourful. <laughs> <laughs> That's very polite, Sean. <laughs> no, it was. It was. See. I had that many replies, so I was like, I honestly... And the problem is, I have, like, Avantasia, so I don't remember things unless I'm actually looking at them. Um, <laughs> so, it's it's difficult. But, yeah, no, it was it was a fun game. Really colourful. And um, a bit of a shitty platformer, to be honest. But, yeah, it was it was okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Stephen Isbell threw in uh, Treasure Island Dizzy. Oh, yes. From Commodore 64. What a game. That's probably my oh. favourite app. Dizzy Games, actually. Look at that Codemasters logo. Oh, my God. Mm. That's the most 80s thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I know Paul Collett. Thank you. If you get a chance, <laughs> if, if you get a chance to, to Google the gameplay for this game, have a look at it, because it has one of the most bizarre jumping animations. So the egg just launches into the air and then spins in the direction, and it looks impossible to control. Like, I remember having major problems with this game as a kid because, like, I didn't know what I was doing. And it, you also have to go through, like, frames. Like, the game is made up of loads of frames. And you have to go through frames, like, in the last corner. So, yeah, as a kid, I really struggled with this game. But, you know, it seems that some people did not. And well done, Sean Bell, who's community manager for Little Big Planets. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. Nice. Um, at Cal L one one four said adventure on the Atari two six hundred, uh, which is the which is the first game ever with an Easter egg. I say that came up in the quiz last week, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yellowbug nineteen sixty nine says Pitfall on the Atari two six hundred. Uh, another thing that came up on the quiz the other week, the sound yeah. effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tarzan noise. 
Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's uh, what it was. Zell Salamander says the Nintendo DS with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Blue Rescue Team. Wow, the... that's like a, a really recent addition. Yeah, yeah, that makes me feel old. <laughs> Crumbling to dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we didn't even go into handhelds. That'll be another podcast. We'll do that another day. Atlee Cash Ski Run on the ZX81. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, the printer for the ZX81 was something else. A fire hazard, if anything. God, I don't think we even went back that far. At Suck the DJ, without the A in sack. Uh, Kung Fu Master on my Amstrad CPC 464 with the color monitor. I was crap at it, but man, I fucking played that thing to death. That's what we all and, done, isn't it, really? And uh, Theo at TPRSTLY. He's verified, whoever this guy is. I love it. Atari VCS 2600 and Spider Man with that GIF, the very original Spider Man game. Oh my good lord. So yeah, that was a, a quick round on there. Thank you, everyone who got in touch. Much, much appreciated. There's so many, obviously, so many things that we missed out, but there's just. There's just too many. We're going through like 30 years of video games here. We'll do a part two. Two people said Rainbow Islands, um, Mike Door 2000, and Tough Cub. And they want uh, ISG to remake it, who of course made Don't Die, Mr. Robot, and the upcoming Family Tree, and of course the amazing Rogue Aces. Game Freak blog wants a new Ghosts and Goblins. Nobody um, else does, apparently. I, I, c- I can never do the Snares <laughs> one. I mean, I'm aware of it for nostalgic purposes, but I could never do it. Yeah, it was too odd. You can and, imagine uh, they get the backlash we get to a new Ghost and Goblins if it involved pants. Do you know, like, <laughs> it, it, like you need to censor this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, all right, and that's it. So let's crack on with the retro quiz answers. Okay, question one was, Shadow of the Beast, G-Police, and Destruction Derby were all published by famous now-defunct company, by which famous now-defunct company it was Cygnosis. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, question two. The infamous vaporware Bandersnatch was originally in development at which British game studios? It was Imagine Software. Yes. Um, question three, which classic NES game was originally released with a gold-coloured cartridge? That was, of course, The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Question four, which, com- which company produced the game and watch portable gaming systems that sold 44 million units in the 1980s? That was Nintendo. Yeah. Obviously. Oh Nintendo made Donkey Kong. Wow. <laughs> uh, question five. Which classic Atari game did both Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak have a hand in creating? That was Breakout. Yes. Oh, what a guess. Yes. Now, uh, there's a really funny story I want to tell you about this really quick. So Steve Jobs was, was tasked to create Breakout, um, but he was also told that he needed to reduce the chipsets. He had no idea what he was doing, so he got Steve Wozniak to, to help out. Steve Wozniak wasn't really given the full brief by Steve Jobs, but told him for, the, for every chip that he got rid of per game, like on the chipset, he would get $50, which was like half the reward that he would get. So Steve Wozniak went out and he revolutionized this, this chipset and gave it back to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs pocketed, I think it was twenty four grand, and gave Steve Wozniak $700. Right now, these two obviously went on to form Apple together, and then ten years later, Steve Wozniak found out that Jobs had stiffed him at twenty-three and a half grand. <laughs> but yeah, nice, nice Steve Jobs. He was always a bit of a dick. What really wants it? Yeah, he was. I imagine, I imagine Steve Wozniak wasn't all that fussed about twenty-three grand by the time Apple took off. Oh no! The thing is, one of the really nice things was when he found out, uh, Wozniak actually said to him. Like, if you actually needed the money, I would have just given you the whole 20, 20 like, five grand. It wasn't that fussed. Like, 
it, even <laughs> at the time, like Steve Wozniak wasn't poor. You know, he was he was already a, an entrepreneur at that point anyway. So, okay, question six: On which platform did the highly diverse Disney's Aladdin game sell the most copies? It was the Sega Mega Drive. Yes. 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 50-50. So it sold 1.7 million on the snares and 4 million on the Mega Drive. Wow. Okay. On the Mega Drive. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. Which game was the first to allow the use of the Konami code? It was Gradius. I thought if you put it in Gradius, it made your ship explode. Uh, no, because if you put it in the menu, it gives you like 30 extra lives. And the reason this code exists in Gradius is because the uh, testers got fed up of testing it and asked for the code to be put in. <laughs> so, yes. Shit, it, what game am I thinking of then? I don't know. Might be R type uh, or something. Is it, <laughs> or it's a joke. I'm not, oh. um, question eight During early development and before Sonic the Hedgehog was redesigned as Mr. Needlemouse, what species of animal was the iconic character to be? He was going to be a rabbit. Me. Oh. Well, it had to be, didn't it? It couldn't be like Sonic the Turtle. Where it'd be like a. Well, the the idea was so obviously with Sonic they wanted it to be like super fast gameplay, uh, and the rabbit they designed this character and even programmed him so they would pick up things with his ears and throw him, but it slowed all the the stuff down. And then they started talking about like, oh, maybe a turtle because it's now slow, but they were like, the turtles don't have any ears, and they were like, ah, oh, fuck it, it's just going to be a hedgehog. And that's when it came about Mr. Needlemouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an amazing piece on on the Sonic American lore. If you ever get a chance, Google Sonic's Nebraskan Origins, which is just fucking phenomenal. Anyway, uh, question nine. Populist, Dungeon Keeper, and Theme Hospital were all developed by what video game studio? It was Bullfrog Productions. Bullfrog. Okay, and question ten. The original Donkey Kong game was made because Nintendo were unable to secure the rights to which TV show? It was Popeye. Oh, balls. Donkey Kong was supposed to look like uh, the big bruiser guy. What was his name? Anyway. Bluto. Yeah, yeah, Bluto. Jackie was supposed to... The, the woman who, who Donkey Kong had, had stolen was supposed to look like olive oil, and Mario was apparently supposed to look like Popeye. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they, they, they originally wanted it to be a... So they were developing a game to be a Popeye tie-in, but couldn't secure the rights. So that's where we're with Donkey Kong. Thank you, okay. Chris Scullion's Nest Encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question 11. Which classic Atari game shares a name with a popular play by William Shakespeare? Tempest. Hey. Well done, guys. Well done. It was like a chain reaction because Ross went, oh, and I went, oh, and Paul went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a toss-up between that or Othello in my head. Uh, okay. I don't remember an Atari game called Hamlet. I was, I was really struggling. Okay, uh, question 12. Please name two of the fighters in the original Street Fighter. Russ, who did you have? Um, I eventually went for Ryu and Ken. Congratulations. Greg? Yeah! Went for Ryu and Sagat. Nice. Uh, Paul? Went for Ken and M. Bison. Oh, no! No, no. Oh, no! M. Oh, no, he M. Bison. didn't! M. Bison's not in the original Street Fighter. Um, no points for Paul. No, oh, he isn't. It, they have a the boss last boss was Sagat, and the the end boss is replaced. So obviously Sagat, the king of Muay Thai, is the end boss. So there's no M Bison, but there is a Mike, who is supposed to be Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're playing along at home, there were a number of fighters. So they were Ryu, Ken, Retsu, Geki, Joe, Mike, Lee, Gen, Birdie, Eagle, Adon, or Sagat. 
So if you've got two of those, Joe, yeah. Joe. <laughs> I know. G.I. Joe. Joe. Like, literally, he's an American Marine called Joe. They couldn't have fucking oh. nailed that on the nose anymore. <laughs> I know. Okay. Is that why they, they created Guile for yeah, Sacramento? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. is, it, is it only one point if you get two of those? Yeah, one point if you get two. Okay. Uh, question 13 in Metal Gear Solid. What was the key to defeating Psycho Mantis? It was changing the controller into the second port. Um, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't um, Hideo Kojima pretentiousness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Oh man, I can't wait for Death Stranding. I really can't. It was even. It was even worse <laughs> on the GameCube version because you'd have to put it between three different ports. It kept mixing them up on the fly. Did it? Oh, it was annoying. Um, cool fact. Yeah, that's what I put. Sorry, carry on. Okay, question fourteen. What was the best-selling game on the Nintendo sixty-four? It was uh, Mario sixty-four. Hey, that was a guess. It had to be, though, didn't it? it yeah. I wanted that to be the obvious, but maybe trick question, but it was like pilot wings or Ocarina of Time or something. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, And question 15, what is the longest running game franchise of all time lasting 46 years and two months? And it's still an active IP. It is the Oregon trail. Fuck. Oh, I put pong. Uh, Oregon trail. Even even before that, it was, it was a a game. Uh, I put Tetris. Ah, uh, Tetris is eighties. When Paul was in his thirties. Yeah, but the eighties was a long. <laughs> the eighties is a long time ago now. That is true. Yeah. That. <laughs> okay. Um. So if you tot up your scores, how many did you get, Roscoe? Two wrong, so I got thirteen. Balls. Oh, well Paul, how many did you get? Ah, uh, two wrong, so I got thirteen also. Oh shit. Ooh. Okay. Um... Fucking Bison, what a slave. <laughs> Right, so we need a, a tiebreaker, don't we? Oh, I don't what count that. You've, you've already told me that you didn't get as many. Oh, all right, well, let's, let, let's just not know how many I got then. It's fine. I don't want to play. I'm going to guess it's 11. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> tiebreaker. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Let's go. As of 2004, how many millions of Atari 2600s were sold? To the nearest what? Million. Oh, Christ. Roscoe? 35. Paul? 24. For fuck's sake. The answer's 30. Oh. Well, if you'd have just close, gone for 20... Yeah, if Roscoe's won this. By one. <laughs> oh, By one million. million. <laughs> By one million. <laughs> fuck's sake. Oh. Can I have can I have like M Bison please? Because I mean, no, I mean, he's not Mike. even in the game. I mean, Mike. Mike. No, no. Um, I'm sorry, but Roscoe has won again. That's... <sighs> Does it? Does it actually help if I put Ken Ryu and M Bison? But I've decided to write out M Bison. Why did you just say that the first time round then? I thought I got a bit sneaky. Go M Bison. Trying like, <laughs> whoa, that's some knowledge, yeah, isn't it? When like when I ask you, you read out. The answer first, is incorrect. Yeah. So, basically, <laughs> Ross, out... so basically, Ross wins because he's a mother who basically just needs to go with himself. <laughs> don't don't, don't sentence your words, mate. Just say it. Ross needs to go fuck himself. He's just too like. Too... <laughs> I was trying to be novel. Oh, <laughs> You're just being hostile. Damn right. <laughs> anyway, I congratulations. Mean, that was that was a that was a lucky win. Let's be honest. Anyway. Well, some of those, some of those were fifty-fifty. I mean, like the, the Aladdin one. Yeah, that just. Well, it was more the uh, the tiebreaker more than anything. Oh fuck you! I don't I care thought... about the tiebreaker. 
<laughs> I thought I lowballed it completely. I thought it was going to be in the hundreds. But, uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Oh, well. Never mind, eh? Let's move on, then. But ladies and gentlemen, that does bring an end to our podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this bumper edition of the Finger Guns podcast. Us looking back on our favorite retro games. I know we've missed out an absolute ton of them that you all love. So if we have done, let us know in the comments and in the iTunes reviews and stuff what we've missed out and what your favorite games from yesteryear were. You can find us pretty much everywhere on Twitter at FNGRGNS. All of our Twitter handles are in the description below. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. I have been Roscoe and it's goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. And it's goodbye from a very bitter Paul Collett. And Boston. normal service will be resumed next week on your friendly neighborhood finger guns podcast until then goodbye thanks for listening and we'll see you next time